Well, welcome to the Ben Method Podcast. I'm uh, Keelan. It's Jared. We got our buddy Chris working the computer and the sound mixer. The IT magic guy over here. Yeah. <laughs> and today we got a uh, good friend and local track hero, JC Seitz. Oof, I'm a hero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Well, I was asking Jared this. You're you're not the general manager of Fox. You're the re- or national sorry. sales manager. Yeah, national sales director, I guess, is what you. Yeah. Is on the card. But uh, yeah, we do have a country manager too, James Gibbs, who uh, I work right alongside with. So. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And you're also so you're probably the top vet in Canada. Oh, no, well, you won Walton, didn't you? Uh, yeah, well, a couple years ago now, so he, uh, Colby took it from me this year, so oh. I got to I gotta <laughs> give him the top vet. One of the top vets. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And once a decorated local pro, as well as you were the manager of CycleWorks Foothills, and then previously to that, uh, I guess, would you say part owner in Sitesco, your own yep. motorcycle shop with your family? Yeah, family owned, so yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you uh, got uh, your hands in a lot of areas of the motorcycle industry. Yeah, I've. Uh, yeah, you could say that. I guess it's been a few years. Nice, nice. Well, thanks for coming on. We uh, we appreciate it, and uh, yeah, I know we've been trying to get you do- uh, lined up for a while now. I think you were like he was going to be our first guest almost, wasn't he last year? Yeah, yeah th- something like that. I think it was close to number one. Yeah, I had to. Yeah. Get, get a couple of people in front of me first. I, it wasn't yeah, important like, I enough to be this number podcast, one. <laughs> this thing could be a total disaster. I got to see a couple of tests. Yeah, first. right. <laughs> so we were kind of talking like a bit before um, that, or we were both doing the Chilliwack series, um, which is pretty good. I thought it was a great turnout. Uh, how'd that go for you guys? Like Dex seemed to be ripping pretty good. You guys enjoy that? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah, Future West is doing a great job. I know it's it's not the same without spectators, um, but you kind of forget about it when you're racing, right? I mean, you're racing too. It's like, uh, you, you know, you want the fans there and you, you think that everybody's watching, but then when you're when you're there and the gate drops, you don't even, you're there to race, right? You're not there for the, for the fans. So, you know, that was a little bit different, but um, I actually quite like how they ran the format. I didn't mind pitting outside a couple of days there. We got some rain, it was a little bit chilly might have been nice to be inside but uh i also went back to the to the hotel and and restaurant not reeking like fumes and <laughs> and a big headache and, yeah, and sick when you get home there, hey? oh yeah like and you're always guaranteed to be sick on the monday right where yeah. i mean we're on the wednesday now and you know i feel 100 percent fine so it's kind of nice getting out of the fumes so all in all i actually liked a lot of things better um i like being outside i i i like the racing during the day and being done early. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, that was nice. You know, usually arena cross, uh, you're there all day, and then you got a couple hours to go get a bite to eat, and you're back at night, and you're there all night, and then back again there in the morning. So uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, how about yourself? You, I mean, you, you were there. Yeah, no, I thought uh, I thought it was a great turnout. I was a little skeptical with how it was going to go, just with the weird year and, and whatnot, but... Uh, Judging by the turnout, uh, people were pretty eager to race, and I was pretty happy to see that. Uh, I don't know what the actual entry count was for that race. I know the the first weekend, don't, uh, I'm, I'll be off maybe a couple, but it was close to 300. I think it was like 290-something. Oh, really? Yeah, and I meant to ask what last weekend was. Um, I think it'd be pretty close, maybe down a couple, but yeah. I think it was in the 
you know, I bet you in that 270-ish too, again, oh, yeah. 280. See, and that, that's the thing is, like, I don't really know what their typical turnout was, but from what I could see, like, they're almost over half the classes had uh, heat races that were full gates, and, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was good. I was a little disappointed with uh, the pro turnout. Yeah. I thought that could have been a little better, knowing that there was quite a few pros in the western area that could have come and done that, but... Other than that, yeah, I was pretty excited to see just people lining up for the races. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. The I think the turnout was, I know the first weekend was bigger than they normally get, um, and you can tell by the you know just because my son's in the the kids classes, so I pay attention to that. Um, but yeah, well, it's, I agree with you. The the pros, it was it was pretty disappointing the turnout. Um, I don't even think you guys even needed to run qualifiers, which is which is sad. Um, so it would be nice to see the pros line up and, and, and more come out um, just because that's what entertains us. But uh, what I loved about it and being in the industry and being a, uh, you know, an industry person is watching those kids' classes with qualifiers. Like uh, I went – actually, I took a picture of it. I looked at the chart, and both 50 classes, 65 classes, 85 classes, super mini classes all had, you know, two qualifiers in each class. So mm-hmm. – um, that's you know makes a sport healthy you know and if you know it's uh it's good to see those younger kids coming up because we need that if uh if they're not running qualifiers then it's scary yeah for yeah. sure yeah so like being being an industry guy and and your eye is always on on what's moving and, and what's going on was there anybody there that like kind of stood out to you as far as riders <laughs> go like yeah. I, I was pretty impressed with uh, uh blake davies yeah I actually never even heard of the kid until I think it was Walton. It was the first time I had seen him. I'm sure you guys probably know him just being 85 riders, but uh, yeah, that like that kid really impressed me. I, I don't know about you or about other riders, but yeah, we talked about it on the way home. Um, yeah, no, Blake's always impressive. He's he's been fast, you know, ever since 50s. Dexter's always, you know, they've. Um, Blake seems to be a little bit ahead of him on the moving up in classes. Okay, yeah, they're the same age. Same right? age, okay, yeah. Just yeah. Blake's uh, two feet taller than yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and they're good buddies on and off the track. They uh, they love racing each other, and and uh, they love hanging out too. Yeah. So Blake's a good kid. Um, but, yeah, he's just always been that little bit a class above Dexter just because of his size. Yeah. Um, so they always meet, it seems like, for a year or so, and then Blake's on to bigger bikes or whatever. But he's always been fast. Um you know, like little Braxton Zeitner, he's going yeah, good. He's you know, impressive. he's impressive. Uh, Parker Hat, you know, from home here. Yeah. You know, he did good in the 50 class. You can see the kids that kind of, you know, that are top of their class or whatever and, yeah. and either winning or they're always right there winning, right? Um, and then there's a couple kids that, that impressed me that, uh, again, they're always fast, but they just kind of stood out a little bit more this this last couple of weeks than I have noticed before. And one is um, Tyson Dubeck. He's from BC. Um, he's number fifteen or whatever. Yeah, wanna, yeah. that kid was like almost pulling starts on me. In yeah, thirty class. <laughs> yeah, and you <laughs> know what? And he wasn't too far off you pros, like yeah. right there. I think he was about third or fourth in the under thirty, and mm-hmm. the only people ahead of him were the pros. And he wasn't. He was holding pace, and yeah. uh, I, you know, I yeah, I, th- I thought he was impressive. Yeah. Um, Charles Charlton, I thought he rode really good. Yeah. Um, another guy that you know just kind of stood out I, I seen him up at the top of the classes or whatever and yeah yeah he's coming a long way too i thought uh i was actually pretty stoked to see us uh, uh i don't even know how to pronounce his last name but zach you can say oh it? yeah zach yeah he got like his first pro podium that was pretty cool yeah i and should he rode I, really well too definitely i should uh yeah give him credit he's super close to us uh 
you know, a good friend of our family. He's come and stayed some summers at our house and stuff. And uh, he had to to watch him. We've been kind of watching him grow since 85s. Yeah. And uh, then super minis. He's always been, again, a, a fast rider. But to see him get third in the pro class with intermediate plates was, uh, yeah, it was. we were stoked for him. It was, it yeah. was cool to watch. Well, I, think, I think in that race, was it uh, Casey won and Julian Benick? And then I think it was Zach. Yeah. And I think Zach was, like, holding – holding julian's pace yeah it seemed like yeah they, they they pulled a great start i think zach maybe second or or, or top three for sure and he kind of held on to, to casey and julian i think got buried a bit um because oh, yeah, i didn't really notice where julian started but what i did notice was casey and zach had a pretty big lead on everybody like yeah. when i seen zach at second i'm like you know i was pumped and then when i yeah. was looking to see how far back third was i was like holy like he's yeah like this is like long as he's keeps a solid moto here he's going to be good and then mm -hmm. julian was hammering down some fast laps like julian does and uh eventually caught him i think about three quarters away in and and passed uh zach but then he cruised in for third place and, yeah. and like comfortably like he uh yeah he showed he could hold the pace there in the top three it was good it was yeah he looked really good and and it seemed like he kind of rode like himself too like he didn't look tight he actually looked fairly relaxed and and was and with like some areas of the track where it was necessary to charge he was charging and then also a little yeah a little more relaxed in other areas so i yeah i thought he was solid yeah he was and you know what he's uh he's been i think he's won every intermediate moto or close to maybe maybe a couple that he hasn't won but he's definitely showing that he's the you know he's he's dominating the intermediate class right now too mm -hmm. so and and it's cool to see cuz just again cuz we follow Zach and stuff um he he's uh, not had a rough year, um, but he, you know, I, I think he could have done better in Walton than what he showed. Um, and he's kind of gone through some, you know, like every rider, some confidence issues and just because we know him. And uh, he came to Calgary there for this Super Saturdays. Um, and I think I kind of turned his, you know, I watched him like from the first round of the Super Saturdays to the last round, you know, and then, you know, battling with Taron Gerber and those guys and, you know, they're fast pros too, right? And, yeah, yeah. and I think it built Zach's confidence. And then when he went into the indoors, it, it showed yeah 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 no it's it's great that they're able to get that series running and and make it work especially with uh how bad the restrictions are getting and and yeah just hopefully stuff doesn't start shutting down so hopefully they can finish out the series strong there and uh and uh yeah and it can roll into another year of racing so um but i kind of wanted to or we kind of prepared, or I, I at least prepared some questions before this, but because uh, I know it's something that I don't really know, but I was hoping that you can maybe share some insight or a, a backstory on uh, how you got into racing and, and where it all kind of started for you. Uh, man, it's, uh, yeah, it, well, I grew up on the farm. I mean, not far from where you live. Um, and just always, I always had a bike. Um, just my older brothers had bikes. And so we always had bikes on the farm, and I was never a horse horse person so i uh you know always rode the, the dirt bike around and uh how it really started was i i used to jump the driveways of our my neighbor's ditches you know yeah, what i mean yeah. so i'd use the driveway approaches oh, yeah, as big tabletops yeah. right yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you, yeah you grew up by me too um and those were like our, our supercross tracks were uh, driveways but uh i was just riding one day jumping the driveways down the road and um a friend of mine that lives a couple roads over um he he raced dirt bikes or whatever and he had a an older gentleman named Zach that used to always pick him up and take him to the track. And uh, he saw me jumping down the road and he asked, 
you know, who is that kid or whatever? And he's like, oh, it's JC. I go to school with him or whatever. So he came and grabbed me, stopped me. He's like, hey, have you ever been to the track? And I'm like, there's a track? Like, I didn't, you know, and that was Wild Rose back then. Not how it is now, but it's always there. And and uh, he's like, where do you live? So I showed him. And and of all things, he, he drove up to my house and rang the doorbell, talked to my mom and said, hey, I'm taking Shay into the track. I think I can take JC in and show him what it's all about. And my mom's like, yeah, sure, take him. Like, yeah. who, what mom would do that this day and age, yeah, right? You know, a complete now. stranger. That, <laughs> And uh, he took me in and, and I rode the track and... Uh, there's a race like the next weekend. It was actually a, it, back then we used to have arena crosses like in the Edmonton Coliseum and the Calgary South Dome and yeah. yeah, they were big back then. And uh, he's like, you gotta try this or whatever. And so he talked my dad into somehow going to arena cross. That's how I started. Yeah. And uh, of all things, I my first arena cross as a beginner, I uh, pulled my bike in. I was parked beside Bart Stevenson, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who is his first race pro. Oh, was, really? was like my first race you know i was older yeah. when i started racing i think i was 15 or whatever oh yeah and uh maybe 14 and um yeah so we, me and him became best friends our whole lives and yeah that's kind of where it all started just kept you know snowballing from there and wild wild rose was where it was at today it is where yeah, yeah. but it wasn't nothing like it's oh, yeah. you know they never had races back then there and oh yeah it's completely different we yeah. used to groom it once a year i mean uh yeah. it was awesome because dustin heikinen uh our president still he used to give us the phone call or whatever and say, yeah, it's getting groomed that day. And that was like the once a year that you wanted to be there. Cause it was like, you know, and, uh, but besides that, a tractor never hit it or a water truck or, yeah. you know, that's just how we grew up. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Look where it's at now. Yeah. That's, I, I tell these kids all the time, like you can never complain about the track, especially now. I mean, they're doing such a awesome job there, but yeah. any track you go to now, you can't complain. Yeah. It's not, uh, it, it's so easy to get into that, uh, expectation of having a perfectly prepped track every day and stuff but it doesn't develop any skills really i mean you get really good at holding it wide open but i i don't think you're developing that hard pack throttle control or that square edge chop i mean track's too good every day yeah 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 they get spoiled to it right i even got to give my son trouble all the time because he'll pull up and you know might not be as good as it was the day before and he's like oh it's not that good or whatever and yeah. i force him i'm that dad that but then when he rides, he comes back. He's like, "Oh yeah, actually, it's not too bad." Like, yeah, you so get into it. it's like anything. You get into it, you can you can make it work. You, you got to have a positive your attitude, rhythm and you start to enjoy it. I mean, I've had some great days at the track there where it's completely blue grooved, dusty as can be. You know, like July thirtieth, hadn't been prepped all week. One of the funnest days out there. You know, yeah. just track was no good, but you got to learn to ride that stuff. Yeah. Well, some well. of the funnest days I find are just the days you go there go to a track without expectations like you go to brooks or something where you know it's not going to be that great so you go there with like kind of a low bar set and then you, once you get there and start getting into your flow it's actually like one of the funnest days yeah yeah, yeah. i agree yeah. i try and get into that like mxgp mentality where mm -hmm. i watch all the videos of oh. them practicing and it just looks like shit and you're just I don't know. I'm like, oh, I got to man up and just ride whatever I got to ride. <laughs> well, at the end of a national day, like even 30 minutes into the moto, the track is way drier than it was at the start. It's going to be oh, blue. Yeah. Like you got to learn to oh yeah, I to totally handle agree. like a whole variety of track conditions, even in a moto sometimes. Definitely. Yeah. And, and especially for the pros, um, you know, I watched a few of the nationals that I was at this year and, and that I go to every year. But yeah, it's like... Um, you know, be ready for a mud race because that's how practice is going to be, you know, mm, yeah. and then be ready for it to be dusty at the end of the day because yeah. that's... Yeah. Well, even, like, they usually, like, especially in Calgary because it's so... It gets so hard. They'll really grease it up for the first couple laps just to keep the dust down. 
and then by the end of the moto it's like nice and tacky again so you got to learn how to ride that like really slippery like sketchy stuff and then transition into riding like a good track yeah, yeah. and we have such a wide variety of of terrain too like throughout canada yeah you know, like mm. not so much the states where every track is prepped the same and it's it's a foot deep in loam and topsoil whereas canada like we're we got shale at moncton and then sand like bottomless sand at gopher and then yeah good clay at regina and calgary and yeah it's different every round and you you can't just get accustomed to one style of prep no canada's definitely uh i always call it a skinnier version of the of the gps because yeah. you know you watch the gps yeah. in the states and or in europe and uh I, I it's shocking to see like they're on like literally hard packed cement tracks like i've never yeah. like we think we have hard packed till you watch one of them and then the next weekend they're in lawmull and it's all oh, like deep sand, deep sand. Yeah. like yeah. it's it's amazing to to watch how these these riders can you know go back and forth and someone like geiser who i think is sand i think he always had troubles with mm -hmm. and now he learned sand he's just mm -hmm. dominated the last two weekends and you know that's why yeah. he's a he's world champ right yeah. he can ride anywhere but i find canada's the same way just our tracks are about you know a lot narrower but uh yeah. same thing we gotta but it's tough you know i watch uh you know i watch the americans that come up to canada and race and a lot of them come up here and just think they're gonna you know like wax us because yep. you, you know watch it but anybody who knows like our tracks are so different it takes them a year you know yeah. it takes them uh, maybe yeah. a year or two to get into it and then when they do like the the Gorkies and Nicolettis and those guys, you know, they get a year under their belt. We get the odd one who comes up, like Millsap, who, yeah. who came up and, and dominated pretty yeah. good. But, um, I mean, he's a top five well, guy in the yeah. U.S. He too, was right? uh, exceptional talent all throughout his career, right? Like, he may not have the titles to back it up, but that guy can ride a bike. Yeah. Like, amateur-wise, he, he was too. the prospect, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, not surprising he came up here and did what he did. Yeah. I also think he did put in a fair amount of work, like, getting ready to come up here too. I don't think he took the summer or the, the off season off and just thought he was going to win. I think he was riding a fair amount. I think they know up. that now. I think they know they can't just show up and do yeah. what, like what they think they're going to do. But I remember like Nanaimo, I think it was the first year Metcalf came. Metcalf, like Fasciotti waxed him by like 30 seconds each moto. Yeah. Yeah. Nanaimo is kind of an oddball one in its own, but. Yeah. Yeah, no, it takes him. And then I think, what was it? I think it took Metcalf year three before he won or at least year yeah. two yeah uh, year two yeah, or three year two yeah but um yeah no it's it's it does it's it, like you got to even think suspension setting wise like the tracks here are quite a bit slower than down south so you got to adjust your suspension completely different for a slower track with different types of bumps building on it and stuff so i mean i think it takes a guy a season to figure out okay nanaimo totally different setup than Calgary, even. Yeah. yeah, and then you think you have it figured out, then you go to Gopher, and you're like, whoa, yeah. this is totally different again. Like, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. well, I heard of some teams this year were running two separate settings. Like, they're, or, well, I mean, we ran three, di or, yeah, three different tracks, but they would run a totally different setting for Gopher as they would for Walton and Sandalee. And, like, I mean, I don't think, I mean, probably the top teams down south do that, but. Not in Canada, like, usually. Yeah, and I I don't think a lot of the top pros down south would do that, other than some of the factory teams that have those resources. Yeah, yeah, and the four fifties were you know we're talking four fifty guys too, and it's a lot of talent that comes up like the Purcells and Millsaps to Nicoletti's like, but it's um, I think what even is a bigger shock is when you watch the two fifty guys, 
you know what I mean? Like these young 250 guys that are fast in the States that yeah. don't quite get a ride. And they, they come to Canada here and be like, okay, like I'm coming to, to do good and prove myself. And they're, yeah. you know, it's, it's not the 10th, easy. The 15th, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. um, when you got Jess on all rails, you yeah. know, flying this year, like yeah. pretty untouchable. doesn't matter who you bring up here unless yeah, it's really. a, unless it'd it's be w- interesting to see like, I don't know, one of like, like an RJ Hampshire or something come up and to see how he'd stack up against Pettis when he's like in Canada on his like own turf and he's yeah. riding as well as a he factory is. factory guy, yeah. Yeah. Come. yeah. One, uh, one guy that's kind of like a perfect example of, of these guys that are like come up and don't really, I guess, live up to the expectations. And I shouldn't say that he didn't live up to the expectations. I think this guy had like some rough luck, but like uh, Richard Taylor, I uh, I don't know if people expected more out of him. I didn't know what to expect. I had never even seen him race before, so I don't know. I didn't really know who he was. Um, But, yeah, he didn't really have any success in Canada and didn't really have, like, great qualifiers or outstanding motos. Nothing that really jumped off the page. Yeah, and he had quite a few DNFs just from mechanicals. But then he went down, and I think – I can't remember which rounds he raced. He raced, like, the last – Two? He raced from uh, Iron Man on. I, no, not Iron Man. Or was he at WW? He was at WWN, Colorado, and Pala. But I think he started the. What was the one before that? Millville. He started at Millville. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was Millville. He yeah, was like he top on, 20. Yeah, went on to yeah. a 450 and scored points. And it, the weekend before, he was like. I mean, He's like 16th, 17th in yeah, barely, Canada. Barely qualified top 10. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah. I don't know. It's a different world when they come up here for sure. But. Also helped that we had uh, what four mud races this year. <laughs> yeah, I didn't oh. really sure that didn't play into to his favor with the DNFs or anybody's favor. Yeah, well, you know, uh, on a side note, to these guys that come out, like the biggest surprise to me that came up and like exceeded expectations was uh, Epstein when he came oh, up yeah. in what was it sixteen and seventeen? Yeah, yeah. showed crazy yeah. speed. Yeah, he was. Like, was, well, 16, he was nuts, and 17, I think he just wasn't really gelling with the team. Well, he but. he won the first first race right off. It wasn't uh, he won Prince George? Is that race round one or round two? Uh, it was I like think it's round, round one. one or something. I think it was round it was, one that uh, year. He won a moto at Calgary, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was Kamloops or something. He won too, didn't he? Or he won. I don't think we were going to Kamloops when he came. No, yeah, I think it went to PG. Yeah, I think it was PG. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, so actually, Calgary, I know it, I know it was PG because um, uh, I don't want to. <laughs> get the story wrong, but somehow he he showed up to the line. He didn't have his numbers on, like a name and number. Oh, yeah. And back then, I think it was CMRC, right? And they're like, yeah you, yeah, you know, you can't race without your name and number. And uh, I forget what what number would he have been, 108. 108, because yeah. it was a Beats number or something, yeah. right? So he went and grabbed his number plate out of the truck or something. Yeah. I forget exactly how it went and ended up sticking, like, sticking it to the back yeah. of the jersey. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And then uh, – um, he was riding shift at the time, so Jason, uh, I think it was Jason, whatever, made his n- name and number for the back of his jersey and made it a number plate oh, for the yeah. next round to make it like, <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, no, Dylan came up and and we actually uh, were lucky enough when he was in Calgary, he needed a place to ride, so we we took him out to uh, some a friend's track and it was it was just us like myself, Dexter, and him and and the track just it rained that night and it was. The dirt was perfect, and man, that guy made ruts like by himself mm. that were like six feet deep, and he was just I I got videos of it because I was just yeah. I couldn't believe how fast he was on this track, and uh, 
we ride it all the time and I see people ride it all the time, but he was just, he blew that track apart how fast yeah. he was. Yeah, it was cool to watch. Yeah, he was, he was impressive when he came up. And then the one round where he was really impressive where like, I don't think anybody should have stood out other than maybe Power Medaglia because it's home track, but that uh, Truro, I think he went 1-1 there. And it's like a pretty basic track and nothing too special about it. Like it's almost a highway. And he was, yeah, on another level there. I, I think he went 1-1. One, one, was I that this, his year on OTSF? No, he was Cowie. That was the Cowie team, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he was just like, there's nothing. This is like a backyard track, like Mitch Cook's house. Yeah. Like backyard, something that he could have made with like a lawn tractor. And he was on another level. But Crazy. Yeah, he was, he was, uh, he was one of the guys that was kind of like, he was uh, impressive his first year around. Yeah, but he, there's a story to to that too because he was he was fast growing up. Like he was a Loretta's. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. him as an amateur. Green. Yeah, yeah, Team good. Green. Like him and I think he was a uh, maybe year or two under Dean. You know, like yeah. and well, I, think I remember he tried out for a PC. I think the year before he came up. Yeah. Yeah, and then he he got hurt real bad. Yeah. Like internal damage. Like he had. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but he had to go through some surgeries, and I think he took a year or two off, and then. Uh, and then when he came back, that's when uh, he, you know, he came up to Canada. So he, he was never, he, he was always fast. He just, yeah. Was, oh, yeah. just, just rode that injury train for a while. And then when he came to Canada, he was firing on all cylinders. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, how many brother? You said you uh, grew up with a uh, bunch of brothers starting to ride in the backyard and stuff. How many brothers did you have? I put two brothers. Yeah, yeah, two older brothers and then a, a sister too, but. Um, my brothers were always, they're older than me. I was kind of the accident of the family that, uh, <laughs> that uh, was just like little, you. Yeah. yeah a little bit. Uh, I don't think they'll ever admit to it, but yeah, I, I was younger than the rest of my, uh, siblings, but yeah, my, uh, older brothers always had bikes and, and, uh, my oldest, uh, his name was Lyle, but he, uh, yeah, he built a track in our yard and uh, I remember as always a kid watching them ride the tracks and uh, I was too young back then, but I had a little I don't know what a little 50 or whatever I used to ride around on, but, um, and then he went on with hockey and was a referee in NHL for years right, and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. he, uh, put the bikes away. But, um, then so when I grew up, he actually was one of the ones that, you know, him and my dad supported me, yeah. you know, financially, like helping me with bikes and stuff. So he's, he's got a lot to do with helping me through my career too. So, yeah, so how, how'd your brother end up so tall and, and you, you got the short end of the Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Accident, right? Mailman. Yeah. I, I don't know. I <laughs> forgot he was a ref there for a while. I remember seeing him be like, that's JC's brother? What? Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, he's like six, four and yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it, and, and it, it's funny cause when friends meet my brother, we look and talk and we're identical just he's a bigger version or whatever yeah, so we are we are brothers <laughs> did you have to ride like many of his hand-me-down bikes or gear or anything? no i was too young like yeah. i was i'm what am i i think i'm 10 or 11 years younger oh wow yeah wow. so um yeah his bikes were always yeah, yeah. They, they were gone before i yeah. actually it, i think my 50 was a hand-me-down maybe like the first bike we had on the at the house but yeah did he used to own the professional skate in the Strathmore hockey rink? Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, because yeah. I remember like I remember like seeing the name and like not sure if it was related or not. Yeah, no, we had uh, yeah part of the they had four locations, four or maybe even five locations back then, and then uh, yeah they started up the skate the sharpening store there in Strathmore. Cool. Yeah, one of our many adventures. So your brother had the skate sharpening side of things, 
and then you had the motocross side of things like you're you were a business owner owned your own dealership how, how, what kind of got you into owning the dealership side of things well, after you were done racing well it's uh so again you're still racing when you started I yeah still know. racing yeah i was um yeah just whatever to make a long story short i i was uh working at blackfoot actually and then uh my wife went to back then girlfriend but she had to go to school out in bc so i went out with her and and worked for Fox back then. It used to be Aurora Cycle, and uh, worked for them uh, while my, you know, girlfriend at the time, wife now, uh, went to school. And then when we came back, um, I kind of pitched the idea to my brother. I said, you know what, I, I think we need. I want to start up a dealership or whatever. And and uh, yeah, we talked about it lots, and we knew where we wanted to be out in that Oak Tokes area, which is South Calgary, and nothing was out there. And uh, yeah, so we again my brother and my dad my dad was retired at the time we um yeah so we they helped me financially and yeah we started it up and so you didn't take any like business schooling or anything you just no no i uh do it yeah i yeah i just yeah hands in just went with it right so i uh been in a bike dealership you know basically my whole life i worked for for rod matichuk cody's uh dad and um back when I was I think 14 or 15 when I started racing because I grew up working on the farm all the time like yeah. and uh when I started racing I asked him I said you know can I get a job you know any kid who goes up out in the acreage or whatever wants you know farm life's good but you want to you want to <laughs> try to get a real <laughs> job somewhere right um but yeah so we uh yeah he hired me as like a, a like a lot kid I changing tires and building bikes and yeah. then kind of worked my way into working in the front and doing parts and I worked for them for quite a few years and then and then uh, yeah and then went to blackfoot so i've kind of always worked my way up in the industry but yeah. no i've never you know don't have any real crazy special schooling or nope. you know own, yeah go to business or anything like that just kind of worked my way in well i think that just shows people that you don't have to have a, a degree or something to be successful at what you're doing you just have to care about it you right? got yeah that's the that's what's got me where i'm i'm at um yeah just 100 percent passion i love this industry i love what i do um i'm lucky enough that you know at fox uh i've got a lot of good staff that that uh that work for me that are smart that mm -hmm. uh that i can lean on so especially now everything's all computer and everything's all you know just the way excel spreadsheets i live by and and um these kids that come out of university they go through it like it's you know i'm still yeah. the one finger guy <laughs> trying to get through it a little better than that but still but um so yeah i gotta lean on my staff who are who are smart at that stuff yeah. and uh and that's that's where my decisions come as i know what's happening in the industry i've, I've got passionate i live it and breathe it yeah. um and then the, you know i translate it to these to, to my staff who helped me out that yeah. uh that they're they're really the brains behind it for yeah. sure well i think any successful business owner will tell you like it comes down to the staff at the end of the day you got to have the right team behind you and it's just like any uh racer trying to go for a championship you got to have the right team behind you to be able to do it yeah maybe the guy on the bike has the the whole say in how fast he goes and all that and just like the business owner has the say in where the profits come from what you're going to sell or or something like that but uh um definitely your staff and team are a huge part of anybody's success and yeah for sure um, yeah yeah so uh, w when you had sites go you know because you had sites go and then turned to cycle works yeah we'll get into that a little bit but when you had sites go, what was kind of your favorite part about being the owner or manager, whatever you want to call yourself at that time? Um, it's all fun. 
you know, like it, probably the, the biggest thing in the retail uh, is just interacting with the customers. They become your friends, right? That's, that's probably number one, you know, like it's, yeah. uh, you come close to the, especially your good customers that are in there, you know, daily. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I say, they, they become friends more than customers. Um, so the interaction's cool. Um, just there's lots, you know, at the end of a day when it's crazy busy and, you know, you've ran your feet off and, and, uh, you know, you look at the numbers and, you know, you, you look at what you sold and it's just, it's, it's like winning a race sometimes, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, you have your good days and bad days and when, when the good days are good, they're, they're really good. Right. Um, but, and then, and then the staff too, you know what I mean? They become like family to you. Yeah. Um, especially with us, like sites go, uh, you know, it was a smaller dealership. Um, I think we had about, you know, probably eight or nine of us that worked, you know, at, at one time. Um, so become family. Right. And a lot of them still are, are working in dealers around Calgary right now. It's awesome. You know, I go into a, a dealership in Calgary all the time and at least one of my staff or, or in each store, um, which is pretty cool because, yeah. uh, you know, quite a few years ago now. Right. So, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I know it's, it's, yeah, right. there's lots of good things about it. Yeah. It's yeah. always nice to go into a dealership and it's like a smaller dealership. It just feels like more of a community. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, th th it is. It, it I now, I, you know, with my work now, I travel, you know, across Canada and, and even the U.S. You know, I stop in dealers. Everywhere I go, I stop at dealers. Just even if I'm driving through the U.S. and I, it's not for work, I'll still, if I see a dealer, I pull yeah. in. I just love to, you know, you get ideas, you get to see what's happening. But, uh, yeah, you can see the different dealers as you walk, as you, you know, as you visit them, who's, you know, like you got big players, you got small players, and then you got people that are passionate and, whatever it is, ATVs or, you know, and then you got the, the moto shops and you can see whatever the owner or the GM or whatever at the time is, is into it. It seems like it kind of funnels down. Yeah. Um, so for us, you know, it was always motocross for me. So we we're always a hardcore moto shop. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, was always known for that. So, yeah. Yeah. So what um, kind of made you transition from having that independent dealership to was CycleWorks a franchise? Yeah. Yeah. Deal? So CycleWorks, yeah, they, they had, uh, at that time, three locations in Alberta. Um, and they wanted to be in the south end of Calgary, like in where we were. Um, and just over a couple of years, they approached us a few times of, of wanting to, you know, they were interested in our dealership. Um, one, to, you know, to, to have that area, I guess, locked up would be one thing. And two, they could get the Yamaha. Um, they're a big players dealer. And uh, they could, you know, have Yamaha too. And, and uh, so, yeah, they approached us a few times and um, yeah, it just worked out. You know, it was, uh, they wanted me to be a part of it um, as we did the transition. So, and my dad, like he put money into it, you know, he was retired at the time and uh, he kind of put money in just to kind of get us going. And, and, uh, and same with my brother, who's like I say, he's over in Europe with the, with hockey now. And uh, for them, it was just more of a, I don't know, like kind of, they did it for me, I guess, and almost like a hobby to them. And uh, it's an opportunity for them to get their money out and, you know, make a bit. And it, it would have been, you know, crazy if we didn't just because, uh, you know, it would have been selfish for me to, to keep going. And, and the way it all worked out too, it's CycleWorks was great with me. They, uh, like I said, they brought me on board. It's not like they just, you know, bought and yeah. canned me or anything like that. Yeah. So I worked for them and, and was a GM and, and uh, you know, it was part of the ownership share there too. And, um I think five or six years and yeah, yeah so it was good did yeah. it lose any of that kind of family or um 
like you said, your customers became your friends. Did it lose any of that feel when it turned more no, franchise and independent? We still, I they they let me do like kind of what I you know they not free reigns or anything like that. We we definitely worked as a group and and they still do. Um, but each GM kind of ran their store how they like. So it's not like they uh, yeah yeah it's not like they changed anything. Um, so no, it's all good that way. And you know, having a family with business, it's it's got your ups and downs, right? Um, you know, like I say, when the days are good, the days are good. When they're bad, they're bad, right? And, uh, you know, when you're fighting with your dad because he's looking at the financials and things aren't happening and you go home, you know, the last thing you, you, you get home and it's like, man, I just fought with my dad. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not worth it. Honestly, no. it's not. And uh, so it, when we made the switch, it was kind of nice to, to almost get away from the family, you know, because when, when you go home and things aren't good or things are whatever, like, um, and you're fighting with somebody, you know, it's a, it's a different owner or, yeah. or, and you, you know, you have your battles, but you get over it and it's, it's good. Right. Yeah, like you, you kind of leave your work at work in a sense. Yeah. Um, it never truly leaves, leaves you alone, but you, you don't have to bring it home and, and fight with your family at home over dinner. about Exactly. It. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, but it also made our family super tight too. So yeah. it's like I say, it's, it's good and bad no matter what you, what you do, yeah. but, uh, yeah. no, it, it never really lost a feeling. Uh, it actually, when I went to CycleWorks, because um, like any any you know dealership or business you own, you want to grow, right? You want to get bigger and, and and better, and to do that it takes money. You know what I mean? It doesn't just you know yeah. like it's it's a risk. And and uh, what CycleWorks wanted to do, like from SiteSchool, like I always wanted SiteSchool to do that, but the it was hard to put that kind of money in to to invest. Where CycleWorks being a group and had the power and had the you know, already the franchise, like Polaris and stuff like that, it was easy for them to, to step in. So everything I wanted to do with our dealership, that's what PsychWorks's vision was. Yeah. So that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to do it too, because uh, um, then we could bring in like you know KTM. We had Polaris, like we made it a multi-line dealer and a, a pretty big dealer, right? So um, it, it it was it, yeah, it was it was cool to do. What was the the uh, time frame of that changeover? Was that like the 2010? Oh. What when? I can't remember when that exactly happened. It would happened. have been, yeah, it would have been around, uh, yeah, 2010, 2011, somewhere in there. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, it was definitely economic times happening as well. Yeah, things were um, good. And so, yeah. Huh. I always got to compare my, uh, what I'm doing in life with what bike I owned that year. So, I'm trying to think <laughs> yeah. of, <laughs> trying to think of what year bike I was riding that year. Yeah. I, I judge <laughs> it by what, uh, did I do the whole series that year? Did I just do the West? Did I not <laughs> yeah. race that year? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny it's uh i was also gonna i kind of wanted to add to that like how when you're yeah when you're at sites go and then move to cycle works and and how you're saying it was such a family and how invested you were in your in your customers and and how they become your friends and uh, i i at least for me i feel like that really reflected my experience like shopping at your stores and stuff and being being sponsored by by the stores at, at the time and 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 then when you you had left to go to Fox, how much that changed the atmosphere at at the uh, at least at CycleWorks, and uh, and I feel like that really hindered their uh, hindered their performance within uh, within at least the Calgary market. No, I don't. I it's no. It, and maybe that yeah. Maybe that's just my perception. Yeah. yeah. No. Um. It was. I don't know. I don't want to say like. I just had a different passion, right? Um, which it takes a unique individual to have 
a passion like we do for motocross. You know what I mean? Um, where most of the owners and GMs across the country and bike dealers are like, you know, they could be into anything, like I say. And it's honestly, when it comes job, down basically. to it, yeah, like the, the motocross end of a, of a dealership, like the dirt bikes, is the least amount of money in the dealership. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're a smart business person and, and like the dirt bikes isn't where the money's at. You know what yeah. I mean? So, Especially um, when you get us three walking in there asking for discounts. Yeah, right. Yeah, everybody <laughs> wants a deal, right? Um, so like if, if, if you talk to – depends, you know, who you talk to. Of course, that's my passion. So that's, you know, and when I left CycleWorks – um, it just, it was a different atmosphere in there. Right. And, mm -hmm. and any dirt biker I talked to is like, man, we miss you. You know, like we just miss going in and we miss the, like, you know, just like I say, if, if we needed something for a dirt bike, we, we'd get it going for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we had to take it off, that's just, it's, if, if yeah. I was going to the races on Saturday and someone didn't have a bike, I mean, you guys have seen how many times people oh, ride yeah. my bike, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh. that's just how I live. Cause it was like. I'd be sad if I couldn't race that weekend. So mm -hmm. I wanted that person, whoever it was, if I had to lend them a bike or take a part off, where 99% of the owners that are smart owners, it, uh, they wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? It's, it costs them money. So I, I look at it from both both ways. You know what I mean? Um, I probably cost the, the dealership a lot of money too, doing stuff like that. But uh, but it all turns around. It's It builds customers. It builds the clientele. So oh, yeah. Well, I'd even speak from personal experience. Like, we had a really good relationship with the dealership in town. Waltili was right across the street from us. Like, I could walk there, pick up parts, walk back. And then we started coming out to CycleWorks. I bought the first bike off you there and parts and everything. And, yeah, I would make that extra. It was probably well over an hour drive yeah. from home to that shop. But it was worth going there while you were there. At least. No, and that's that's so cool to hear that because, yeah. uh, and and I always thought of that too. Like I I, it's amazing how many customers, like really good customers, like and racers and stuff that that are still racing that were from Airdrie, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, like that's you know, opposite end of the city. I mean, it's yeah, like you say, oh. an hour and probably twenty minute drive. Yeah, and they were in there twice a week, three times a week, and they were they were super loyal to us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not to, to pat myself on the back, but it was my staff too, right? It was, you know, we had a, I mean, you guys all know yeah. who my staff were in there, right? They're, yeah. they're all awesome. And, and, uh, so it was a destination. Like it, it, when people came in, like we had the music going, we had the, you know, coffee cool. going, depends if you're a farmer that needed a coffee or if you're a young motocrosser yeah. who needed one to listen to music when you came in, we had it for everybody. Right. And yeah. we made it a destination, which yeah. was cool. It goes a long ways too, like being when you see these dealerships and and uh, and the people running them, and it goes a long way when when those people at those those stores are invested in each area of of those things that they're selling and each market that they're involved in. Like a good example is for me at least because I'm dealing with them now is Dean Thompson at Blackfoot Direct is because uh, I'm in there a lot and I see him every single day, and and the one thing I really notice is is how invested he is in everything that he sells and he has an understanding of everything he sells. And then he also shows an investment in his customers. Like he has a, it seems like he has a personal relationship yeah. with every single customer and has at least knows one personal thing about that person. Like they'll walk in and he'll ask like, Hey, how's your dog doing? Or 
how's your yeah how's your dog joey doing or, or like uh how's the how's the gout in your wife's foot like <laughs> like he i hope he's not asking that <laughs> but that's like that's what i notice is like because i'll sit with him in his office and i better have a talk with dean if he's asking questions like that. <laughs> no you know what dean's uh yeah i mean he's been around for forever too and um he's awesome you know what i mean like he's a he's a, and he's got passion too yeah. um i've i've always you know we've been uh you know when i had the dealership i could say he was probably like for what i did in business he was probably my biggest competitor because um it was dirt bikes that we love to do it's dirt bikes that he loves to do you know what i mean so in calgary he was probably my biggest competitor as in like because he had he's got great customer care too you know mm -hmm. just like you say mm -hmm. um but we've always got along i've never had an argument ever with dean with anything we've always worked together if he needed something or vice versa yeah. and still today i talk to him all the time and and uh you know he's always asking you know dexter how everything is and like he's just a very caring person and and uh it, it goes a long ways you know you can yeah. see it in his his dealership again it's kind of like what sites was a small dealership you know a single line dealer mm -hmm. um with husky and he's doing it well you know he's got a pretty cool little boutique store there and um and Very he's got he's got a lot atmosphere. of yeah and he's right. got a lot of you know support too like uh kind of like i had with cycleworks uh you know like the owners over at blackfoot next door they're i mean they're you you know what that dealership's all about they've yeah. been around forever and mm -hmm. they're smart smart guys like when they talk you listen because they they've been there they've done it they've been through the good and the bad and yeah i, I was actually lucky enough that uh I was in there the other day and ran into Jason Mitchell and we sat and talked for probably yeah. a good hour, hour and a half. The store was closed. Like everybody, all the staff was leaving and yeah. lights were shutting off and we're still talking. And uh, like I say, when he talks, it's fun to listen because he's, he's been through it all. He's ran race teams. It's won how many championships. And yeah. mm. So it's, they got some heritage there for sure. Well, yeah. How long ago did that team kind of fold up? And I mean, maybe it's still because I'm still a kid in my brain, but I still look at Blackfoot Race Team as like the staple Canadian. Definitely, definitely. Team, even ten years after they closed down. No, it's it, talking with Jason the other day. It was like, like I know because I followed it all. You know, we've all followed it, but you almost forget how many names he had. Like when I think of Blackfoot, I think of the, you know, the Coltons and the Huffman's Dusty Clatt, and, and you know, Clatt, um, yeah. even. Um, even Bart Stevenson. Yeah, you know? well, you, yeah, even Bart. But you think of all those, um, but the guys that have won multiple championships, Blair Morgan. Yeah, you know JSR. what I mean. JSR. Yeah, those four for sure. Like you, like that's the team, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then you start like listening to to Jason tell stories, and you forget that like Mike Craig and and Decker and like yeah. you could oh, there's yeah. man like uh, Hamlin like you could go on Paul and on and on. You like, forget about everybody. All those guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, everybody. A lot of decorated guys now now. In, in the industry used to like race for that team yeah, yeah. yeah. but they ran a great team like oh, that yeah. back then i mean things were a little bit different and you know the, the way the industry was there was there was more money in the industry yeah. like like anything right now but the their semi and like they ran a top-notch team like they could even go down the states and well, they did they fit right cross, in right they yeah, they did, cross, yeah. yeah. And, and they fit in it's not like they were like a you know uh, a, a B team yeah. in the back or whatever. Yeah. Like when they rolled into the U.S., they they were a yeah. they were a team. Yeah, yeah. Was that when you were kind of doing your pro racing? Were you kind of shooting to get onto a team like that, or were you? It was. Just... I was kind of before that a little bit. Okay. I was still in the box band days. Okay. Not that I'm aging yeah, myself yeah. here, but yeah. no. When I when I worked for Blackfoot and I rode for them, um, is right when they were starting, like the the Honda team back then. Mm -hmm. um, but I was sponsored by Blackfoot. And it was I was on Suzuki at the time and um 
yeah, I guess I did look at it, but um, I never took racing that serious. You know what I mean? I'm one of those racers that I look back and I'm like, man, if I actually like did something with myself, I might have, you know. Yeah. And and that's one thing I even tell my son now. I'm like, don't leave anything on the table because yeah. like I did, I honestly did. I never, never really took it serious. And I was a late starter, and I like I say, I started when I was like 14, 15. I think I was pro by 17, 18. Like it went, oh, yeah. it went real quick. Yeah. Um, but you know the people like I watched, you know, like one of my best friends, like we're talking like Bart and and uh, you know you watch what he did. He was a, a guy that put everything on the table. You know what I mean? Might not have the most talent out there, but. He worked, I, I watched mm -hmm. him, he worked his butt off, right? And look where it got him, you know what I mean? He's, mm -hmm. he's had a great career and, and you know, did yeah. good for himself and has got some pretty, you know, big wins under his belt, right? Yeah. Um, where, yeah, I never did that. <laughs> you know, I was, I, uh, if, if I was at the bar the night before, I was at the bar the night before or whatever, right? <laughs> so uh, I'm a social guy. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, but you always, yeah, back then we didn't have the teams to shoot for that, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. So if you weren't necessarily shooting to be like top Canadian guy or on a team, what was kind of your, your mindset of racing back then? Did you have a backup plan of the dealership in your head already at that time? Or yeah. You yeah, no, I started, um, just the way everything worked with, uh, yeah, with race. I always, you know, I had fun racing and I've always raced or whatever, but I started taking work serious, more serious, younger than probably most racers do because they try to hang on to the you know as far as you can which i don't blame yeah. them right um i knew i wasn't really you know i wasn't a top guy so i, I knew right away okay i better get my yeah. life on track here so um so yeah i started concentrating that work and and doing what we could and, and when we started the dealership like at sites go i think i was man like i'd be 24 yeah. is when we started that dealership because i it was right after Jackie and I got married. It was the same year. We started the yeah. dealership, got married. Yeah, like we had a lot going on that year. But uh, yeah, 24 years old. I mean, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Going into really... to, to a dealership and, yeah. and literally opening the doors going, okay, what like, <laughs> what do I got to do here, right? Yeah. Um, Exciting but scary. It was, yeah. yeah. But uh, but yeah, you learn quick. Yeah. You don't really hear about many people taking chances like that when they're that young these days. It's, I don't know what it is, but. Yeah, just, uh, just the way it's. You guys are having fun. It's good. No, like, honestly, it's it's just the way the world, you know, you go back another era to, like, my dad, and he was doing it at 18 or yeah. 16. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just the way we're, you, you know, as, as we all. You, it seems like you're pushed to mature faster as a kid now, but you're not pushed to figure it out as quick. It's yeah. Like, okay, you got, you got time to figure out your life, figure out where you want to go, figure out what you want to do. You don't have to do it at 18, like right. you're saying. You yeah. Can, you can be at home till you're 30 now and nobody blinks an eye at it. Well, that yeah, and it's like more expensive to do stuff now. Yeah. So it's well, kind of harder too. Yeah. We're also kind of fortunate from our parents, like busting their asses yeah. when they were younger to, yeah, to give absolutely. us a more give, fortunate yeah. life. Right. And, yeah. and so we have like, I know I wouldn't be at uh, where I'm at right now if it wasn't for my parents. For sure. Like if not at all, if they didn't have their business and, and, and the success they had, like it, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be uh, not really racing right now because I just wouldn't have that opportunity. So yeah, for sure. And you know what? And just, yeah. As okay. as a parent now, you know, like, um, it. I I see why your parents are doing it. You know what I mean? And yeah. and I hope to do that. Um, well, I'm trying to give Dexter everything he can right now for, for racing to give him. You know, however far he goes, whatever he does, right? But hopefully he's not living in my house at 40 years old. But uh, <laughs> but it's. 
I also look at it like, okay, yeah, I started young and, and did all this stuff, but you only live once too. And, and you guys are fortunate. I mean, you're a top racer in the country, Keelan. So if I was your parents, I'd be doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Cause you only live once, give you every opportunity you can to, to do whatever you're doing. And honestly, it's, you're early in your life, but you're going to take that on. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and 10 years from now we could come and do a podcast and you're probably going to be some successful. Yeah. All you guys are, you know what I mean? Like this, this sport gives so much drive, um, that we don't want to fail. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a, and it goes two ways. I always look at it. It goes cause we become addictive personalities, which can go, you know, positive and negative. Yeah. If you're positive and you put it into business, you put it into work, you put it in, it doesn't matter what you do. Like if you're working the rigs, you're going to go up there and work your ass off. You know what I mean? Or it can go the other way where if you start getting into drugs or start doing stuff that you're not supposed to be doing, mm. that addictive personality kicks in. So it's a fine line when I watch, you know, even reason, you know, Dexter, he's young enough right now. I don't yeah. have to worry quite as much yet, but as he gets older, it's one thing we're going to keep an eye on. Cause like I say, you don't ever want a motocrosser to go the other way. Cause we've yeah. seen, you know, we can go on and on about stories oh, of, yeah. of different people. Right. So well, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you was, being a mini dad quote unquote um <laughs> like yeah how, how do you how are your plans to balance that social life versus racing life with you know your kid's really fast so he's gonna be you know number one a popular kid at the track and he's gonna be you know a winner so how, how are you gonna I leave balance that, to, that or are you gonna leave that i leave that to him? jackie <laughs> that's what mom's for yeah. right um no we we talk about it all the time as a you know a jackie and i like um it's tough. It's, there's no, you know, I, I don't know what's right or wrong and we're going to live through it and, and do the best we can. Right. And, and keep him on the, the right track is, you know, hopefully the best we can, but yeah. he's, uh, he's a good kid. And, and a lot of these kids are, you yeah. know what I mean? I don't know what age it kind of flips at yet because I look at all of Dexter's buddies he races with at that, you know, 11, 12 years old age, right. They're, yeah. they're so innocent right now. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. um, yeah, I guess it's yeah, I got a few years I think to hopefully 17. worry about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 17 it goes downhill. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, we'll we'll see what that happens, but uh I just hope he as long as he keeps having fun and 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 keeps the drive there, I think we'll we'll keep on the right track, right? So. So, one of the questions I had was so how do you kind of keep that balance between uh like a lot of people in this a lot of moto dads in the sport push their kids too far. So, how do you keep that balance between you know, pushing them too hard and kind of yeah. being their friend. I don't know. It's I don't know. I don't. I don't I, I'm not perfect either. I mean, uh, I don't know. Like it's it's tough because uh, I've 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 ridden. I don't know if it's good or bad to be a dad who's raced. I haven't figured that out yet. Because yeah. yeah. I know what can be done on a bike, and I know how fast he can go. Yeah. And you always want him to be faster, right? Yeah. Um. So it's it's tough, but then there's a lot of dads that have never raced, so they just sit back and and they, you know, or you get the dad who doesn't race and they push the kids to because they don't why yeah, they don't get it. Yeah, why aren't you doing this? Back, why aren't you doing that? You know, and they yeah. they're not out there doing it right. So there, there's so many different avenues, um, but it is it is tough, and and honestly, uh, uh, I get caught up in it for sure. Like it's uh, when things are going good, you know, everything's smooth, right? Yeah. But when he's having bad races, you know, there's there's days I close the door in the trailer and let them have it, right? Um, because you want to see the best out of them, right? Um, the only thing I try to do as a dad, um, like I say, I'm, I'm not a perfect by all means, but 
if I'm yelling at him or giving him trouble or, or trying to correct him or whatever, thank goodness I have my wife who, who calms me down um, is one thing. But I never I, – I, I let it go, and then I try to get off of it and move on to the next thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't ever try to take it home or, or a week later still yelling at him or whatever. Like, if it's after a race and I let him have it, he knows, right? And hopefully 10 minutes later I'm back to, okay, let's go back to Moto2 yeah. and, and, you know, be a dad again, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's tough. There's lots of times I go home and I'm like, man, you know, back to, we're just talking about my dad yelling, you know, fighting, leaving the business. You know what I mean? It's the same thing even right now as, you know, as, as being a dad and then having my kid, like last thing I want to be doing is fighting with my kid, but you get caught up in it. You do it. And then trust me, I've fought with him lots over racing and now he's getting, it's getting harder. I mean, you guys have been there where he, he thinks he knows everything now, right? (laughs) Uh, So it's, it's every time I. I'm mad at him. He's arguing back now, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're trying to find that balance. It's yeah. It's been interesting, but uh, yeah. no, it's all good. Was there ever a point where you like you thought you maybe didn't want to get Dexter into it? Like oh. I know me and Dom have talked about it lots. Like we're thinking about having kids in the next few years. So we're like, man, like I really, like I think there's lots of positives that can come out of racing, but man, there's a lot of injuries and struggles yeah. that can come out of it, but it also can be a good thing, but you don't want to see it go the worst way. Right? Yeah, it's it's tough because um, we, we all, it's a dream to have a, a little boy that races, right? Like that's just, we're racers. That's, you know, what we all dream of. When I had Dexter, um, for quite a while, I didn't, like he actually, he didn't even start racing until, you know, I mean, he was still young, but I wasn't one of those, dads that had him on a pw50 at with mm-hmm. training wheels out there yeah. racing you know i mean i it was he was actually i think not till the bigger 50s he actually started racing so maybe seven or so or eight where a lot of these kids start at like four right um we tried everything i i had him in hockey i had him in golf i had him in like soccer we put him in mm-hmm. every sport we could like everything we could and uh for quite a while actually i think just him you know born in a dealership really like he's He's literally been born on a bike, you know what I mean, since day yeah. one. Um, he, for the longest time, he never, it almost seemed like he wasn't into it. So I never actually thought he would never go anywhere. Like, I never thought he'd actually even be into this sport. Like, um, and even when he did ride, he's like, yeah, whatever. Or you get him a new bike, and he's like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, and I think it's just, not that he's spoiled, but it's just, he's been around it so long, it's just, the curiosity wasn't there. It wasn't though. there. Like yeah. I've I've seen people like you know I've sold bikes to a dad, you know, and they take it home to that kid, and that kid's just yeah. like you know like oh. man, you know how it. Is? Dexter was never like that, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's it's not his fault. He just didn't know any different. You know, like it's yeah. just it is what it is. It's yeah. a it's a new bike, and it's going to be gone because my dad's going to sell it in three months from now, anyways, and I'll yeah. have a different one. You know what I mean? Like that's just what he's used to. So it wasn't till like, um. You know the later 50 stages that he actually started like he for a while there he'd lose a race and you know again the dad of me being like man what do you you know whatever he's like oh, yeah, yeah. butterfly like he didn't care yeah. right um then and, and then it was like i'm like yeah he's not he's not a racer i honestly thought i'm like oh, he's you know whatever which is great yeah. um and then it just one day like i think he lost a race and came off and he was pissed right off and i'm like oh he does have a little you know he does maybe want something yeah. and then it and then when he kind of got that taste of doing good and whatever and it just and now he's he's you know fully addicted to it right mm-hmm. that's all he lives and breathes and uh and we still like we put him in snowboard in the winter like he's on a yeah. 
Riders on Board, which is a, you know, a um, competitive camp or whatever that he goes to, you know, twice a week or whatever. Um, so when it comes winter, we try to shut it off and, and, uh, and get him into that because yeah. he, he's actually a really good snowboarder too. Yeah. And uh, so we try to still, like even to this day, I still try to give him, you know, whatever opportunities he can, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he, it just naturally, he keeps, even snowboarding this year, he didn't really, he's like, eh, I don't know if I want to do it. I'd rather spend more time in California. It's oh. like, well, <laughs> you're not going to California this year because all this Sorry. COVID, so you better get yeah. back into snowboarding, right? But yeah. he's just naturally getting addicted to it. We've yeah. never, honestly, we've never pushed him yeah. to, I, I've tried to push him in other ways just because of that safety factor. And it's tough because it's, um, we've all been through it, but it's, you know, as a, as a dad, you want to, like I say, there's good and bad. There's the, the, the good of it is, you know, like, it keeps them out of trouble. They're having fun. They like they're his best friends are always racers. Like we all been through it, right? Yep. The bad about it is just, especially, you know, is our sports getting worse than what you can get out of it. And there's only a few of the elite riders that can really mm-hmm. make something out of it. And if he ever does that, I don't know. And not that that's what we're here for, but um, if you're an elite at any other sport, man, what you can get out of it. And I've always wanted to try to push him in a sport where like. I just, I, what I'd, anything in this industry I'd love to do, and not that I can do it, but what I'd love to see is somehow these racers get schooling out of what they do. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's what drives me nuts about this sport is any other sport you go to, you can get scholarships, you know, like even rodeo. Like you yeah. can put rodeo and dirt bikes on the same scale. Like they're both crazy. They're both doing the same, yeah. you know what I mean? And you can go get scholarships with rodeo. You can get it with, you know, water skiing, because, you know, my wife grew up water skiing or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and there's nothing for these these dirt white kids. And uh, I would be all in if that was the case. Like, if I, I'd even be, not that I'm not all in already, but, you yeah. know, I'd, I'd be pushing hard, because it'd be awesome to see these kids get scholarships and go to universities for it. Because yeah. well, yeah, you might not be a top racer that's making millions of dollars, but if they can get schooling out of it and paid for because of it, that's, it's huge. So. Well, that's the thing, right? It's a short career anyway, so... A lot of people are kind of left not knowing what to do when they're done racing. So it would be kind of nice to have that kind of an outlet for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I'd love to see that happen one day, but, uh, yeah. Well, I think even too, like if that, uh, if there was schooling opportunities out of racing, that would open up the door for outside sponsorship and more interest from like a little more mainstream brands than just are like typical industry brands because then it's it's yeah it's more diversified sport right yeah yeah you're probably right on that it it definitely uh it would open your eyes to yeah. or open the industry other people's eyes to it yeah yeah because it's kind of like right now it's it's kind of one-dimensional like we're kind of in our own little world and and it's proving to be tougher and tougher to to bring bring outside people in and, and grow the sport like even we're seeing some of the mainstream brands that we do have in in the sport they're they're slowly leaving because it's just they're yeah i guess they're not really seeing the ratings going up or or not enough or value yeah not, not enough yeah. growth and but i think things like that where it's it, if we can start start appealing to to more people in different ways that, that could help but i actually like i'm curious to know like what what would like what do you think would would help us grow like aside from just the point of the, the that i made about schooling but to make the sport grow yeah 
Oh man, it's tough. Um, this is kind of like plateaued for a while. It is plateaued, and it's it's scary. It's really scary right now when we're seeing, um, like you say, sponsors that are in our own industry, like big sponsors. Not even just in Canada, in the states. In the states too, too yeah. pulling out. Um, you know, like these energy drinks have have fed the industry or, or the, the the motocross racing for how long? Right back in the day, it used to be. When I grew up, it was it was the smoking companies, Cigarettes, you know, like yeah. Camel and, and then Coors Light, and you know, and then the government stopped that, you know, from uh, not letting the, the tobacco uh, companies and stuff and, and alcohol companies advertise and and do that, right? Which hurt us big time. So that I was in that era where that really hurt. Like when when you have like Coors Light pulling out, it's like, wow, what are we gonna do? Like all these big sponsors. Yeah. At the time, that's when thank goodness these energy drinks are, are have come in, right? Yeah. Um, what's scary right now is we're seeing some of these energy drinks pulling back, right? And it's this COVID's not going to help things because when we're not mm -hmm. having big races and the the you know in Canada the series isn't going across Canada and um and in the states you know you've just seen the new Supercross schedule with limited attendance. Like yeah. how do you how do you get new people or or people that aren't in the industry into it? Like you know if it, you know name an industry that you know, horse jumping. Let's say I'm just not picking on horse jumping, but we're not into it if Spruce Meadows had an event and they're only allowed half the people, like we'd be like, oh, I don't need to go. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. where if it was a big event and someone give you a ticket, you'd maybe like, right. There's extra tickets to give out too. Like they're just handing tickets out left, right and center when they can just bring 50, 60,000. Yeah. They want the seats there, full, right? right? They get to a point where they sell. And then at that point, then yeah. you start, you know, you start giving away tickets cause it looks better when that place uh -huh. is full. Yeah. Right. And then you're getting that new audience too. You get a few of us out there who have never been, and you go, "Oh, all right, it's yeah, not as lame cool as we thought out. it was going to be." And yeah. The same would go for Moto, but if we can't invite those people out, we can't have them out. You're still only, we're only going to have our core people watching it this year. Yeah, you're never going to yeah. grow like that. Yeah. Never. Yeah. The only thing I'm hoping that this new, you know, with them going, uh, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. I guess the the weekday race has really spiked the the, the TV yeah. ratings. Yeah, so, good time slots. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that you know, because that's a lot of I mean, that's all you can yeah. hope for really yeah. yeah but the problem in canada is we don't have that as much right like we're more relying on putting the spectators at the races yeah you know like um and and leaning on outside sponsors you yeah. know like jetworks needs that you know like the the rock stars and you know the well all, all of us like fox every every one of us try to help them feed it to, to yeah. grow what we can right um but but to go back to your question of, of growing this industry, it's uh, or growing this the sport is um, I don't know I honestly don't know the answer to that. Like it's uh, it's it's you know you look at different sports like NASCAR, um, which has kind of been dying lately um, because the younger generation's not into it. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's boring. You know yeah. even for us like I don't know how many of you guys watch NASCAR. Uh, I've never watched it. Yeah, NASCAR. so much we can watch, and that's the older generation is is who watches it you yeah. know what i mean where the younger generation's not getting into it so they're not that's what our sport doesn't have that issue yeah. you know what i mean like it's we not we're extreme sport like it's so i i don't know i, I can't nail down like why do you, what's do you think that we have some sort of stereotype or stigma about our sport that prevents people from looking closer at it like just the average joe let's say they hear dirt bikes they automatically assume freestyle they don't even think about yeah, racing yeah. right and then they're probably thinking oh loud music rock yeah, and yeah yeah drugs partying when yeah when you look at our championship athletes it's the furthest thing from the truth sure. right there 
they're as straight edge as it gets at times. I mean, they still let loose and have fun like any person, but do you think we have a stigma on our sport still? I think we do a bit. I don't think it's as bad as it used to be yeah. um, just because the sports change. And I think, I don't think, we, I think the, the, I could be wrong here. I'm just, this is my point of view. I think the hardest thing for motocross is people don't get into it. Like, you know, like hockey, you get into because there's so many hockey players, right? Mm-hmm. And anybody can not, I shouldn't say this, it's going to come out bad. Not that anybody can play hockey or, or do any sport. It's cheaper to get into. It's cheaper. It's safer. And like every single one of your friends at school is doing it. Is doing much. it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. You feel like an outsider if you're not. Even if you're just skating, it's like you have some kind of relevance to yeah, it. Yeah, you go to For the sure. Every, especially in Canada, right? Because yeah. that's, but, you know, and probably it's the same as like baseball and well, these sports in, in exactly. the U.S., right? Um, we're, we're, if you go to a dirt bike race, you know, if you, like, let's say we'll take Anaheim, for instance, you know, you pack 50,000 people in there, probably 30,000 of them are kind of in, you know, pretty into it, right? Like they, they've obviously, they ride themselves or it's family or it's like they're dead. So the 20,000 that it's pulling in, that's not, you know, racers, they're just something to do on a weekend. When they're watching, do you think they're going to be like, Hey, I'm going to go buy a bike on Monday and I'm going to do this, right? Like it's not, it's not like that. And then the, the, what scares me is the, you know, the, the couple thousand that do think they can do it, you know, put, put yourself in their shoes where they, they go on Monday, go buy a bike. Like they figure out how expensive it is. Yeah. Like, but they get all the gear. And, and even if they get that far where they're that committed, then they go to the track for the first time. Like, you know, how intimidating oh, it is yeah. like for a person to come to the track for yeah. the first time or yeah. a, a family to bring little Johnny at four years old to the track. Like yeah. and when you got like us, you know, oh. blasting, whatever we don't or care even who's worse. in front of us because we're wanting a moto you know yeah. what i mean yeah. like it's oh. in the states going to Glen helen like i even get kind of intimidated when i go there and Absolutely. i'm a pro so it's yeah like... <laughs> no you it's i when i go ride in california it's like you like on the drive that, like here it's like you go to calgary it's like whatever you talk for half an hour you get your stuff you know you don't think anything other right but when you're going like you say to Glen helen on a you know thursday, thursday or whatever saturday, day it is that yeah, opens or yeah. kahi on a wednesday or on the weekend it's like you're literally preparing yourself in your band like getting yourself like you're going to a national because yeah. it's like yeah. you don't pull in the track and just start doing slow laps like it's like game on right when yeah. you pull on because you're gonna get run right over if i you remember don't. F- feeling that way going to even a mini moto night at um paris, paris. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, we showed up that i had a mental breakdown started crying <laughs> in the trailer because oh, i can't yeah. ride with these kids like i can't do this yeah know? and then oh because they're it's all the fast kids yeah and then you want to see mini dads yeah. like that's where i make myself feel like i'm not a mini dad because i watch yeah. those mini dads yeah then you're nothing <laughs> and i'm like okay i'm yeah. not that bad yeah. right yeah. but they're out there with headsets like this and their kids got <laughs> and you're watching this and you're yeah. like is this for real right yeah. now and it's real well like it's there's two things i want to build off of on your um coming to the track for the first time is intimidating so I never really thought that way in town here till I wanted to get my girlfriend into riding. And then I'm starting to go, well, I don't want her on the track with those guys. That's going to be a little too much for her. That's in the way for, you know, now we got to go find somewhere for her to learn how to ride better. Luckily, our track has multiple tracks to it. So we can yeah. kind of put them on a beginner track for a while or something. But then also, like, I always look back to as a kid there when my dad was getting us into it. Um, and I think it's gotten even worse now, but back then even I had a, uh, probably a 10 year old 80 bike, right? It had conventional forks on it instead of the upside downs. And I had old gear that was hand me. And you're looking around at all these guys that got the brand new $10,000, this and that, and s- suspensions all done up motor work and you think, I just don't belong here. 
right? Yeah. So I think our sport kind of needs to somehow gain that grassroots where it was like, I, I didn't live through it, obviously, but the 70s or 80s were in everyone. You're pulling up in a pickup truck, duct yeah. tape numbers. Like, everybody was kind of on the same playing field unless you were in a box van or something like that. Yeah. Like, it wasn't intimidating to pull up beside anybody because they were riding a clapped out piece of junk too. Yeah, no, for sure. And But the other thing too is they had riding areas too. You know what I mean? That's why yeah. it wasn't as intimidating either because yeah. um, you could ride in every, like everybody had tracks. Right. Everybody had far, like, play, yeah, hills. And they built like tracks back then and, yeah. you know, whatever, right? Um, now it's so regulated and so shut down where we only have certain areas to ride and, yeah. and, and the whole population's got to go there, right? So that makes it tough too because yeah. you know you, you are putting you know like a Keelan Meston who's a you know what yeah. is it, number 4 so we finished sure yeah or whatever it was <laughs> um but you know a top pro in Canada right and then you got the kid like you say that's pulling up i just i witnessed it this year and like i said i'm not going to throw names under the bus but i watched it in my own eyes where a kid pulled up and i guarantee it was his first time at the track mm-hmm. you know and he's probably about Dexter's age you know like that 10 to 12 he's on a 80 and he yeah, I'm just putting myself in in his eyes, and he probably seen like, you know, all the all, you know, a bunch of the kids out there riding. It was a hill track, and he's seen kids on 80s because you know whatever all the kids are out there, plus all the fast guys, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, this he could barely make it up the hill, mm-hmm. but he thought that's where he needs to go, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, one of our you know one of the pros whatever come up behind him, and uh, he was in in the way or whatever, so he revved his bike, yeah. you know, to let him know like like excuse me type yeah. thing right yeah. well a kid here in a 450 to the rev limiter behind him right this kid like he literally was like in tears yeah like yeah. in tears and right so i went want to come back tomorrow nope so i went yeah. and i'm like i went and helped him right and i'm like hey i'm like you know, he, well, you know he's like well it's his first time there i'm like hey buddy i'm like and i showed him like here's where the track you should be like showed him what to do and yeah. kind of calmed his nerves down right yeah and i went and talked to the pro i'm like dude like you if i not not that like me trying to help this kid or anything but i'm like if i didn't go talk to that kid he would never be back at this track no. ever a day in his life ever a day in his life I'm like you scared him that bad that he was like in tears and he's like and he's just looking at me he's like and so he's like you're right he's like i'm sorry i'm like well i just want you to know like just look yeah. at the the big picture right yeah. and he actually went over and to the 80 track and said sorry and actually helped the kid like oh, awesome. taught him a bit right Good. now it just like a totally now you can tell yeah. totally it flipped it right now that kid's gonna he's probably he could be now addicted for the rest That's of his right. life yeah i don't even know who the kid is well, but and, mm. you know if you think about that kid going back to school right if he goes back to school and all the kids and the kids know he's got a dirt bike because surely he's sharing it on social media and everything so if he goes back to school and says i had such a bad time i'm never doing that again none of those kids are even going to be interested in trying it themselves but if he goes back to school and says holy smokes that was sick i was there and you know the pro came over and helped me out and everybody there is awesome all those other kids are going to go home to their parents and say get me a dirt bike get me yeah. a dirt bike get me a dirt bike no right? it's 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 true we we live through it because we go to a, a country school right so it's it's farm kids or whatever that dexter goes to and, yeah. and he's got a bunch of kids in his school that they're right and one there's a um either a kindergarten or a grade one because his school goes from like kindergarten to grade nine. It's so small, but, um, there's a new kid that came to school and, uh, they came and introduced him to Dexter because this kid rides dirt bikes and they, the teachers oh, nice. wanted to make sure that they knew who, whatever, yeah. just so this kid, yeah. whatever, right? Like it's, yeah, it's a small, small community, but the kids do, like they think like, 
and, and, and I don't want to talk about my kid or anything like that, but it's funny because they were in class, you know, Googling things, right? So they're like, let's Google our names. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. so everybody Googles their name. Well, in our sport, we have a lot of social media. Like if you're a hockey player, you don't get social media. Like it's just our sport is based around social media. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so they, whatever, Googled Dexter's name and, you know, a bunch of things popped up, right? Like whatever. And they're like, you're famous or whatever, right? Yeah. I, we had to go to a parent-teacher interview like that night. And this kid's coming up and like, I can't believe how famous Dexter is because they his name came up on Google. Like that's all it was. Yeah. It was not, I remember the right? same thing when I was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. same thing. But but it but like you say, these kids are like, whoa, this sport is, and it kind of like, and a bunch of his kids in his class now are all in the in yep. the dirt bikes. They all got like, it's funny. I drove oh, by one the other day, and and uh, right where I seen you on the highway there the other day, oh, yeah. you look to your left. Like, there's a couple jumps out in the field. Like the dad's even oh, yeah. starting to build jumps and stuff. Yeah. Right. Nice. Like it's uh, it's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's. I guess the biggest challenge there is like if we can or i guess if somebody gets to that point where they buy the bike and if they even do get to that point like get get past the price tag is bridging the gap after that is like figuring out which genre of our sports right for you as well because like with hockey it's just it's hockey, just it's hockey, hockey you know <laughs> yeah hockey's hockey like you play games yeah you, yeah, go to Shinny and whatever, or you you play for some league or. Well, you were you were more ringette yourself, weren't you, Keelan? <laughs> yeah, I got pretty good. Figure, at that. Skating. Yeah, figure skating. <laughs> My dad was a figure skater. <laughs> oh shit, I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that on the podcast. Dental <laughs> uh, uh, Jerry doing the triple <laughs> solos. Or yeah, what? I could just see Jerry doing that. That's funny. Yeah, but like with our sport, there's so many different genres genres of it, right? Because we got. We got like hard enduro, enduro cross, supercross, motocross. I even don't even know what I'm like. What's going on with the off road stuff? Like, is there? Yeah, there's like, so many I, like the work series. The... I seen that Tristan Hart signed to Red Bull KTM or whatever. I'm like, for what? I don't know. Like, is he Good doing times, enduro man. cross enduro or is he cross, doing work? Or what? I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, they they no kind of it is hard to follow because they KTM or or all these teams have different, you know, like. There's the GNCC, so then they sponsor a bunch of riders for that. Yeah. And they got the works. I think that's what Tristan's uh, doing his yeah, works. I think and he, works. he's doing hard enduro and enduro cross. See, I don't, even, what, yeah. I don't even so, know. But what the then I thought is. hard enduro would be like what's going on now. What's sort of Romaniacs? Or what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah Romaniacs are like so I, Arisburg. Yeah, so I thought Tristan would be over there because that's like hard enduro. But I don't know if like has even Colt, Colt, yeah, Colton Hacker hasn't even. He just does enduro cross. Well, like Webb finished. I think second there mm. a couple years ago. Whatever. So those guys will. Pretty well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he went. I, well, I don't know if it's Romania, but it's one of them. Maybe I'm thinking Erzberg or something. Oh, but, okay. um, but yeah, I know there is so many different different so, things. But, but that's the thing is like, it, like yeah, once that person buys the bike, like bridging that gap to like, okay, what do I do now? Like I had a conversation with uh, the marketing gal at Husky the other day, and, and she says that's what like something they've been trying to figure out for years is just – Sure, you can get people to buy the bikes, but then keeping them in the sport is difficult because yeah. it's just bridging that gap to the next point of where do I go and ride or what do I actually enjoy riding? Am I going to enjoy off-road or am I going to enjoy some sort of racing? And how do I get to that point? Like, Even for me, like, I, I kind of like to explore other areas of our sport and, and maybe go do some off-road racing, but I have no idea where to start. But my first idea is just to go ask some of the people that I know that are doing it. Mm-hmm. But for somebody that's never done the sport, like where do they do that? Right. Yeah. And so there's, I feel like there's a bit of a disconnect there as well. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So, like, listening to you guys talk about all these different disciplines we have in this sport here, do you think we would be – we are talking about how do we grow our sport earlier. Do you think we'd be better suited if we kind of tighten that up? I mean, how do you do that, go though? anywhere and do anything, right? We know that. Should we tighten up our off-road, tighten up the motocross side so that it's two kind of disciplines so that people yeah. have a better idea? Well, it, it would, it would make the, those – that – whatever disciplines are bigger for sure yeah. because everybody has so many different like you look at the enduro cross like you know i'm following that down there right it doesn't look like a lot of people there like i, I don't know what the entry is but i mean not a lot of people would yeah. i man i've raced my whole life and you're not gonna I'm not, i wouldn't go into that right you know what yeah. i mean like yeah that's just same. a different you know yeah mindset right you know what i mean where where those guys i mean most of them are so good now because they're universal riders but a lot of them would look at us like idiots doing a yeah. eighty foot triple in front of us yeah. too. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just it's so yeah, like like Keelan's saying, it's just it's so different. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, what I do like seeing is a lot of these riders are you know like Tristan talked about him like getting a, a factory ride, which is unbelievable for him, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we've seen him on the moto track like that guy. He's no, good. He's a top pro here. Like yeah. he's he can mm -hmm. that guy can do anything, right? Yeah. Um, so it's cool to see how diverse those guys are for sure mm -hmm. yeah yeah well, who was it caleb russell who went to unadill a couple of years ago yeah he was like running fourth for a while type guy like yeah, yeah these guys are no slouches i feel like that translates more to moto than the like moto. we than, can't than well, keelan yeah. has done it though he's gone to rocks and logs or whatever well, and done pretty well osborne's like, done isd yeah. and uh I Jesus think once you reach a stuff. certain level on a bike and yeah. get those bike skills. Yeah, you just need to spend a little bit of time. Yeah. And that's exactly what Keelan did. Like I we're we're all we all know how to ride bikes. We have all race pro or whatever, right? But you just took the time to like like I watched you last year, you're like, Okay, I'm doing this and you went all in. Like yeah. you went all in, right? Yeah, like it took me like two weeks. I went probably rode every day trying to learn off-road oh yeah i was that. watching the parts you're replacing on your bike every oh, time you yeah. came back to the van right <laughs> but you yeah. made yourself learn it and like i say when you have a bike technique of of being able to do anything as long as you can put your mind to it that's right i'm sure we could all do it you know what i mean yeah. same oh, yeah. i always say that about supercross too because you go to the first time you go on a supercross track i mean you've been there right oh, you go yeah. you're like like a real supercross track in the states like i remember rolling one i'm like oh like this is yeah. what is this then you spend then you start if you can take your time and spend two weeks on the thing yeah and then when you get them down then it's like really you got to worry about rhythm sections and whoops because everything's pretty much the same after yeah, that yeah, right yeah. so as soon as you get it you get it you know what i mean but yeah. you just you got to get it yeah you just you get to that point where you adapt adapt those skills on a bike and then it's it's just a matter of yeah just fine-tuning to for whatever you're doing right yeah like, i know it's funny what bringing up supercross because when we were training for the 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 final por portion of the triple crown series there at uh gopher there was that vision built track that a lot of guys were training at yeah that's really like cool a, like a spec supercross track and my first day riding it i was like i was ready to pack up and go home <laughs> i was like i probably rolled everything for like six laps before i even tried doubling something and then uh but then by the end of it i was like going three three and tripling on the tables yeah. and, and stuff like that and and now it's me to the point where like i just believe i could go do a supercross now like i have this urge that i want to go line up for a race but but now even just doing that like like lining up for the enduro cross and then lining up for these supercross races and learning like forcing myself to learn supercross is 
now I believe I can, yeah, like if I set my mind to it for a little bit, I feel like I can do it. I might not be the best or I might be really good or I might be absolutely awful, but I, I still believe that at some point I'll be able to just figure it out and do it. And do it, yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. There is a lot of cool things to do on a bike. On, on a bike and, yeah. and uh, a, a, a good person, I always say this just because he's a good, close to our family and stuff, but uh, growing up watching him or whatever, but you get Cody Matichuk, like, like, I mean, he's multi-time X Games gold medal now at, at uh, snow biking, but that guy can do, like, you put him basically on anything. Like, yeah. yeah. I remember, athlete, like, going but... to, we went to Arena Cross. It was, like, in the corral, maybe 2006, seven. We were young. And we were, like, he's riding a Razor scooter in the in the little barn area, and he's just, like, insane doing the tail whips and stuff. I'm, like, this guy can do anything. Anything. Like, yeah. I've even seen him do stuff that he's not – like doesn't do and give him an hour and he'll figure it out yeah like he'll figure it out yeah and he'll figure it out like in a <laughs> in a way that'll if, if if someone's there doing it you know what i mean he'll yeah. he'll figure out how to do it like, i think he, i think a lot of us motocross racers have that ability to pick things up learn quick yeah. adapt quick and and not just like figure it out a little bit but figure it out pretty good because we always want to be good at it yeah we yeah. want to be we that's we have our, that drive we, we have to drive we and like i say we I just talked about this earlier about work and and yeah. and you know what the future has to hold but it just this sport makes you want to be the best that whatever yeah. it is you can do and we get mad if we're not well, take yeah. me bowling i get pissed that's right oh i can't go bowling <laughs> yeah. put the bumpers up or i'm not going bowling yeah. or it's i think it's that combo of you know that that desire to succeed at it and be the best even if it's just for yourself today and also that uh um lack of fear or something like that when we're talking about other sports not bowling obviously <laughs> but talking about doing tail whips on a scooter riding bmx or something like that we just don't have that same or the way our bodies or minds process fear, I think, is so much different than a regular person, so to say, um, that we can pick up those things and, and put the fear aspect of it behind and just learn how to do it. Yeah, and I think watching Cody, like using him as an example, just because, you know, just a few weeks ago I watched him, you know, we're at Chris Foster's house and they had uh, airbags set up and um, Brett Turcott was wanting to backflip his his electric bike right be the first one to do it so they got this big airbag and and brett's just so good at backflips like he the guy the guy can't hit a jump without backflipping like literally he's just <laughs> so naturally gifted at it but anyways then cody pulls out his pit bike right and i don't even i don't know i didn't ask cody if he was planning on wanting to back i don't think he did i think he was just like it just all kind of snowballed in but yeah. then brett set up the ramp and you know hits it on the electric bike and Cody's like, I think I can hit this on the pit bike, right? So then he hits it on the pit bike, and it's a big gap into an airbag. Yeah. And then, you know, Turcotte starts backflipping. So then Cody's like, well, I think I could backflip the pit bike, whatever. <laughs> so he backflips it in the airbag. And then all of a sudden, now he's moving the ramp over because Brett's taking it to dirt now. And somehow Cody's like, oh, I, I did an airbag. I think I could take it to yeah. dirt, right? And he does it like nothing, right? And um, But watching him do that is exactly what you said. I think the reason why like someone like like Cody is so good is he takes the fear out of whatever he's doing and he can shut it off. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like me, if I was going in doing that back foot to dirt, it would be the fear going like, Oh, please land this, please land this, please land. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it'd be fear taking over what I'm supposed to do where he 
all he's concentrating on is like, okay, what do I need to do to stick this thing? Do you know oh, what yeah. I mean? So he's, he's taking the fear out of it. And that's what makes some of these elite athletes so, yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah, and he gets yeah. that, you get some of that from like, think about wingsuiting. He does a lot oh, of wingsuiting, right? That's like the danger, most dangerous thing you can do. Yeah. So you think about kind of taking the fear out of that and you translate that into like doing a backflip on a pit bike that's nothing pretty simple yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i think in with racing dirt bikes or just growing up riding bikes and and with that progression to get faster and faster and faster your like your focus just gets trained and trained and trained year after year and and like i think we just get so ocd and so attentive to what we're doing and then that yeah that just that snowballs into everything else we're doing like for me if if there's some, some little task i want to learn like i'll just i'll be like i'll be like a cat on a mouse like trying to learn it like i remember when i first started trying to learn how to juggle i probably sat in my room for like two weeks straight <laughs> yeah. when i was 16 years old just trying to learn how to juggle and do like tricks and stuff but uh yeah just i think like that that whole the focus we learn from riding bikes yeah and uh and yeah just like when you're on a bike and when you start pushing you're like you're locked in and especially when you're riding the edge it's almost like your focus is just like so zoomed in and yeah and, yeah. and then that can i think that helps us with other things in life and not just doing like action sports stuff or, yeah. or trying to backflip a bike but well, but that's a good point about cody is like he's probably like he's been like that his entire life and, and he's probably like you can tell when he's going to do something he's just yeah he's so tapped into what he's doing and and he's able able to do it and probably comes from that eliminating the fear and being just so like just having that like fine-tuned focus yeah i think you're i think you're training your subconscious when you're doing all these things like all the time right yeah yeah well and, and like you say it is the focus if you're focused on the fear, I don't want to get hurt, I don't want to upset somebody, I don't want to fail, whatever your fear is, you're going to achieve that focus. Mm -hmm. If you're focused on the success of, ooh, if I don't wingsuit down this cliff properly, I'm probably going to die, right? Yeah. Well, you can't think about that. you got to think about just flying. Yeah. He doesn't even, but when like when you talk to him, he doesn't even think like that. The, yeah. The, the dying, like, or hitting, a, like, it's not even on his radar. Like, yeah. he's, when he's wingsuit and he's like, okay, I'm four feet from this rock ledge. I want to be two feet yeah. from this rock ledge. Like, that's think, how he thinks. I like, think that's how you have to think if you're doing stuff like that, right? Yeah. 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 Well. But it's, but I mean, I look at you guys, Keelan and Jared, whatever, like, and I watch you guys on the track and it's like, I'm out there going as hard as I possibly can. You know what I mean? And I think, and I'm in the zone. I'm in that, yeah. you know, yeah. like, I'm feeling good. Things are just like, you're hitting the ruts perfect. And then, like, you guys go, you know, standing up by me, like, yeah. like, literally not even trying, and you're past me. And it's like, yeah. how, no. how does that, how does that work? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'm in the zone, I'm hitting this rut perfect, my toes tucked, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And you're like, taking it easy by me, like standing up, going around the outside, which I should have the fast line, and you're gone. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, and, and, and it's like anything, like any sport, but you, it's like, how do you, how do you, like, how, I guess it's progression and, and, you know uh, experience and stuff like that but it's it's funny because you wouldn't even get it like watching you grow up as a pro or whatever like four years ago you know what i mean like you're or five years ago whatever you're a pro in calgary and and you know kind of everybody's the same speed because when you get to pro everybody's kind of the same speed you know what i mean like it's tough but it's hard to take yourself to that next level do you know what i mean yeah. like i always i always say that i tell dexter all the time like 
what you're going through right now is the easiest stage of your life. Like you, you're going to get faster real easy. And even mm -hmm. when you become pro, but when you get to the top of the pro, like where you are, and then to try to take it to that next step, which you were able to do, like, you know, you're, you're mm -hmm. one of the top in Canada. Like I watched you last year, you know, two years ago or three years ago, you know, you're, you know, ninth, 10th, whatever. And then all of a sudden I'm at Walton and you're passing Alessi and I'm like, whoa, like you're one of those riders now, you know what I mean? And then when you come home, you can see it on the track. You're so like a far advanced over everybody, but I bet you, you don't even know what, like you just kind of naturally just kept coming to you and, and mm -hmm. confidence. And, but did, was there ever a point where you're like the light switch happened and you're like, you know, change your riding style or, or is it just like a, well, I mean, I think like, like you said about like your son, Dexter, like it's just going to get to a point where, well, yeah, he's just going to get faster and faster and faster. And I think for some kids, it, it gets to a point where something just clicks and then they just, they find that next gear and then they're, they're fast for a while. But then after that is the really challenging part where it's, it's down to the fine little details. Like it's, like it's it's like the pyramid like it's it's easy to build a foundation of riding where like you you learn proper technique and this and that and and how to ride a bike uh with one finger on the clutch and the brake and the simple stuff and then and then the next thing is is calculating lines but then after that like the top of the pyramid like the tiny little pieces but like like the tiny tiny little details and but it's the last little bit like it seems like it won't take much but to find those tiny, all together yeah those tiny little bits is really difficult and i like i mean i still s struggle too like I, I deal with that as well like when i go down south and, and train somewhere and i feel like i'm taking the best possible lines and i'm hitting them as hard as i can it's uh and then all of a sudden like jet lawrence is pulling a second and a half on me a lap at the track rat i'm like man like what am i like I felt like I was going as fast as I could, but then I'll go back to, I think this is, I attribute at least my progression to just being so, yeah, like so OCD and attentive to what I'm doing and and looking at every little detail that, that I can change or manipulate to hopefully get some different result, whether it may be a bad result and, and then I have to go back and change it again, or if it's a good result and then capitalizing it on it and being like, okay, like, that worked this we're going to continue to do this and 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 then continue on from there and continue to grow but uh yeah i don't know i i, I do it i do it every day and and it, it's funny because like going to the the chilliwack races like it's been a long year and I, i'm i'm ready to take some time off the bike <laughs> so i just i was like yeah i'll just go and have fun like i didn't really expect anybody to to give me much of a challenge there and so i kind of went underprepared and like those kids are fast oh, yeah and uh so but me being the racer i'm like all right i can't get waxed by like these these uh little bc pros and and intermediates like so i gotta put my work in but uh but even when i'm at races like that i'm like okay like maybe i gotta go up half a psi on my tire like maybe my spokes are too tight or or like maybe I got to stand a little later into the turn. It, like everything's just to me. That's just how I operate. Is just every every little detail. It, I feel like can add up into bigger things. Yeah, yeah. So if I can take like mm. ten little details, that might compound into a half a second off my lap time. Which in at least in indoor racing, that's a lot. 
but and, and same with outdoor racing like like a half a second off your lap time in a in in a let's say a 20 lap or a 15 20 lap race is almost 10 seconds and by the end of the race that can be a like a position difference right because yeah. especially where we're at um everybody's pretty tight like a lot of those a lot of the guys in canada at least in the in the top five to seven to eight range are are pretty darn close yeah and uh and you only see them they're about like set yeah they're usually like the top two guys are like two seconds off each other then and then even back behind that it's five seconds then nine seconds but if if all those little details if you can figure them out then eventually that's gonna start shaving time like Mm -hmm. it's to me like that it's a math problem a little bit you know and i think just anything anything can change that equation yeah no it's 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 so true it is so and jared's class is even i find it even tighter that way like there's 20 you guys that are all you know what i mean like it's that 250 class like it's fast you know what i mean and and uh and, and yeah just trying to put it all together it's like it's funny how you know it just it happens and and uh it's hard to figure out those pieces you know what i mean like it's it's hard to figure out the pieces and then putting the pieces together is even harder right like that's what makes our sport so hard yeah you know what i mean i mean jared you've gone through a lot you know what i mean with injury and stuff and jared on the track is crazy we all know how fast jared is right we all know what he can do like and it sucks because no you know no offense against you but i wish the rest of canada knew you know what i mean because like we pull up the moto park you know before walton and and uh i think it's you and hillstead right it's yeah. out there yeah me practicing and or whatever there. yeah and and uh and dexter rolls up you know whatever we're, we're getting ready and jared's pounding moto and the fastest guy on the track like it's just mm-hmm. the way jared is right but no one really knows who jared is at moto park you know and we pull up and then dexter's buddies that are from there they're like man this guy like and he's like yeah. dexter's like that's jared like that's yeah like mm-hmm. you know who jared is you know what i mean like and it's uh but for us we get to see you ride every day yeah. right so it's it's tough that the the injuries that you've gone through and stuff but we all know you still and that's why you did what you did this year to go do it because we know mm-hmm. you still have so much more in you than, oh, than yeah. you've shown right so yeah it can be frustrating yeah it's it's and i was kind of like that too i you know not you put a lot more you you put everything into it which is awesome to see um i didn't but i kind of rode the injury train a lot too growing up you know what i mean i i always said i the fast anytime i felt the fastest i ever felt all of a sudden it's like a something just hit me and yeah. put me back down. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and you, it, it's tough to, well, to it's ride like that train. Two stroke. As soon as it was faster than it's ever been before, yeah. it was about to blow about up. To blow up. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. one of the things we were just talking there too. Like uh, when I was talking with Jason Mitchell back at, at Blackfoot there the other night, yeah. we were talking about that too. And, and, you know, cause he still follows racing. He knows everything still like as much as he's, you think he's out of it. He's not, he, he knew everything about everything. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but he said that's what's great about our sport now. Like, you know, when he's talking to Dexter, he was saying, like, the, the bikes have changed now. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, like, back then they fought, like, bogging on a yeah. face of a jump all the time or throttle tube sticking. We are talking about Blair Morgan, how his, Whoa. you know, where he hurt himself in the Nymo because his throttle stuck open. Yeah. Like, yeah. these four strokes, like, you're not really seeing that. Even, like, the, the, the bikes have, have changed so much that it's making it safer, I think, too. Like, we're not seeing the injuries like it was I mean, we still see injuries. Trust me, yeah. it's it's dangerous, like, but it's safer than it it's ever been. The you know, the like the, the clothing companies like I work for, that's all changed. Like yeah. the helmet technology's changed. Like 
we're, we're making it safer and safer. And I think the other cool thing is, is these kids also have social media now and, and people like, you know, pros like yourself who are out there all the time. Like when I grew up, no one ever taught me. And, and I didn't like, we'd watch a race like a year later if it was accidentally on TV. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's no like watching YouTube or Instagram that day. Now these kids are like, they watch it and then they go straight to the track and want to do it. Yeah. You know I remember, I mean? so it's, I remember listening to the race, like the race broadcast, uh, like I'd sit in front of the TV, uh, the computer and listen to the Supercross broadcast. You can even watch it oh, really? as a kid. Yeah. 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 That was back. Uh, who was the, uh, the announcer back then that was, uh, I can't think who yeah. it was. Oh, um, Art Bailey? Ackman. Art Ackman or Bailey. Bailey. Yeah. yeah. Bailey would have been yeah. a good one. I remember listening to him all the time, yeah. But yeah, I know it's uh, it's it's going to be cool to see, and I hope this sport gets back healthier or gets healthier or whatever, but um, it's going to be cool to see this younger generation. Like, uh, man, there's so many fast kids growing up right it's, now. Yeah. So many. There's like, a lot. You get down in the States and you see like these, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, Deegan, Deegan, he's in the limelight. And they're, they're making him famous, you know, like just that's, that's their yeah. objective is for him to be famous. Yeah. But man, the kid can ride. Yeah. Like I I've trust me, we're at races with him all the time. Like he can oh, yeah. he can back up his his YouTube yeah. and stuff. Like when he goes out, he's that kid can ride a bike and he's yeah. smart. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. it's crazy. It's like watching a literally like a, a seasoned pro out there on an eighty five. Like he's, yeah. he rides like when he starts gets a bad start, like the kid is just it's like he doesn't even phase him. He just picks his lines through and just he knows what yeah. to do yeah. yeah these kids are so good now but it's getting kind of like oversaturated almost now because like you see guys like that are so good that like like look at time masterpool for instance like he was he led laps he finished on the podium he doesn't have a ride for next year yeah and that's just like there's so many good guys that if you don't perform if you get hurt like people get hurt all the time in the sport so if you get hurt there's another guy ready to right take there. your spot I've always, I've, I've always thought that too. Like, and I don't know if it's just me, just the living through the air I'm living through right now, but is if like, to me, I feel the same way. I feel like there's so many fast riders now, like so many that it's hard. It's harder. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm just saying that because I'm watching my son go through this now or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, but you, you know, like, when Carmichael and, and Stewart, like, let's say that era, you know, not that far behind us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They always stood out. You know what I mean? Like They were ahead, ahead above ahead everybody. Else. Yeah. And do you think it was easier back then? Like, do you think there was less fast guys? Or am I just saying that because I want to believe that because I'm in the era I'm in mm. now? It's but hard to say. To me, now it seems like, man, like, there's so many fast kids. It, there's so like, many variables, right? Like, there's, there is these elite talents like Carmichael and Stewart that were just, like, so much better than everyone else but it's hard to say if there's like more guys that are getting the opportunities to show their yeah. potential or were these guys just that much better yeah i don't know well i think yeah i think it's just like people are learning from the people behind them or before them and they're just putting more and more effort into yeah. it now like it, it being more diligent with training and being more diligent with bikes and and yeah like uh, i mean nothing against families and eras before us but like I, I feel like people are probably putting even more money into into racing now and oh for sure and i like i don't know you probably know more than me but uh, jc but i don't know a ton about the american industry but i'm i feel like these kids 
families well, are buying their way onto these amateur teams. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I, oh, I, re- I guarantee they are. Yeah. And I guarantee they are. So, and with doing that, like they're they're getting this opportunity to have more knowledge and more staff and people around them to help kind of coach them along the way with better bike setup, better training, better uh, structure at the track, and 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 they're just getting honed throughout the ranks. Whereas like back in the day, the only kid that you really saw doing that was like was like the oddball guy like a Cincerello, but then you heard of guys like Jason Anderson who could rip and had tons of natural talent but didn't really try and yeah. and didn't really put the work in. But then they get pro and and then they start doing it. Whereas now like these young kids coming up like, like no, the Derek Drake's and the Nate Thrashers and, and the Thai <laughs> Master Pools, like they're they're on it from from a very, very young age. And it's it's yeah, like you said, it's 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 getting saturated with these kids that are just so dialed in now. Yeah, I feel like there's more guidance. Like there's the teams are getting more involved at a younger like at a younger age. So like there's more guidance as they're trying to develop through their their mm-hmm. career, right? Yeah. yeah, they're starting to pick these kids up, right? You know, like like well, Team Green's kind of always done that, though. Yeah, they have. But, but now there's but now, like all the teams. Now are doing all the teams it. are. You know, Geico was really on it before. You know, what happened with them? But um, you know, PC too. Like they're. Uh, or it's Star Yamaha, like Will Hahn. Like we see him, like it's crazy because we, uh, you know, we'll be at the Supercross like last year in Anaheim, and uh, you know Will's out there with all his pros, you know, doing his thing, right? Because he's a team manager. And uh, the next morning we had to be there for the Futures because um, Dexter was racing the Supercross, the Futures, and it was you got to you got to pull in literally at five thirty in the morning, and it starts at like six, like mm-hmm. riders meetings at six in the morning, mm-hmm. and we pulled in, and it's they just kind of like whatever you pull in. And the star racing box van happened to be parked beside us. And Will Hahn was the first one there, hmm. you know, with All his right. amateur, with his amateur group. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's pretty cool. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and he was there all day helping them. Right. And yeah. it was like kid, like they don't do the 85 thing, but it was kids from like, like the C class right up. I think C class or at least B and then the A's or whatever. Right. But they had four or five of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Will Hahn did not miss a race and he was on them. Like, you know, and, like I say, he was given the guidance that they, they need, right? Yeah. yeah. See, and that's, that's a that's a unique situation there too, like the star racing and, and the Will Hahn and uh especially with him where he's had like had some high success with the championship and then some real low lows with uh injuries and, and some poor results and stuff and and hiring a guy like that can really help these kids that have been there and done that and, and been on both ends of the spectrum where whereas like maybe uh in comparison a guy like let's say tomac hasn't really had a tough career yet you know through like i mean obviously he's had his challenges yeah it it was never like it's at least from what we see it seems like he's never hit a rock bottom whereas maybe having a guy like a like a will Hahn, where it's been he's been all over the map he can really kind of like if he has a, a kid that's going through a struggle, he can look back on his past experiences yeah. or, or something. Yeah. When he when he ends his career, he'll be more famous from a team manager than he will when he. Yeah, yeah, for right. sure. He yeah, is right. racking up the resume like it's yeah. like the championships that guy is pulling as a team manager. Right now, I, I don't think he's gone a year since he started without winning a championship. At least yeah. one of them, yeah. Yeah, like and he's that team is massive now. Massive, yeah. three, four, fifty guys, and what? It's like six, two fifties. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah I don't even I, I don't even know because guys, there's like there's yeah. like amateur I say there's the, the amateurs be, that we don't even know that's behind the yeah. scene you know what I mean yeah. like yeah 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 that's good though we did 
But I think someone's doing it. Building off what you're talking about with the guidance is a really good point because you look now, everybody's under that team truck. They've got Will Hahn and they've got, you know, whoever it is, whatever team manager, they're all good managers, let's say. And they've got the team manager's a good coach. They've got a coach who's a good coach. And then, you know, like you look at Tomac, who had a dad who was, you know, a professional athlete as well. So yeah. you've got multiple people guiding them versus when you were trying to go pro or, or a pro and you were in a box van, it was, here you go. Oh, yeah. Go uh, do it. Yeah. Go race. Yeah. yeah. That, that was it. You, you got to go figure it out. So you had only two guys figure it out, Ricky Carmichael and James. Stu- Obviously, they weren't box van days, but – um, you kind of get where I'm going with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're if you're let off on your own, people will still figure it out, but a lot less people. When there's an instruction manual on how to do it, it's kind of easier to follow and and gain those and, those leaps and bounds. And that's what's tough about in Canada. We still kind of live that. Yeah. Like we still live that box fan days. Honestly, we do. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like, there's a, a few teams that that are you know up there. You know what I mean? Um, that have more guidance, but. Really, when you look at the big scheme of things, like Canada still live in the box van yeah. days. Yeah. And it and that's what makes it so tough when we go down to compete against these Americans because, like you say, you're pulling up and they're in, you know, they're on factory rides already. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like even Dexter's age, like, it's crazy how many kids he pulls up to the line that are already signed, like, mm-hmm. like riders. Like, they ride for either the Brigade team or the Yamaha yeah. team or the Cal- yeah. or not Yamaha and the 85s as much, but like the, the, well, Mumford PC was signed team. when he was like, 12 yeah right yeah like it's uh yeah so they they definitely can groom them more in the in the u.s and yeah. than we do here right but yeah. makes us tougher though right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well it's 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 cool seeing seeing the amount of like i guess we kind of said that the sports at a bit of a plateau right now and which it is but i like i get excited seeing like going to the chilliwack rounds and, and seeing how many uh dedicated families there are and how many kids are like really flying now and oh and, man and i really hope like uh, like i really hope the families and these kids stick with it because i know like for us growing up like we had a lot of like fast competition but like where where are they now like they just there maybe there wasn't the incentive to stick with it or the money yeah, or that's whatever money yeah finances oh, there's lots or, to it that's and lots that's... of factors but that's every sport though too, you know. Yeah. Because like, I say I grew up in a hockey family, and uh, you watch that too. Like you, you go out and you see the Timbits, and there's you know ten teams of Timbits in in one city. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then you get up to Adam, and there's like eight teams, and you get the novice, or I might be going yeah. backwards, it might be novice and Adam, whatever. And Pee Wee. Then when you get up to Bantam and Midget, like you get to the Midgets, there's and there's like teams. they're scrounging to yeah, get a team yeah. together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's like sixteen, seventeen year old kids, yeah. right? Like it's yeah. just it's that's just the way life works unfortunately yeah. right yeah. but uh yeah i guess just saying like with i just i hope for i hope they stick with it because i think for a while it's it's just we've seen i don't know i feel like in the west we just haven't seen a whole lot of like standout talent and and now it seems like a lot of these kids are really starting to find themselves and they're starting to at least for me they're starting to impress me on bikes like a lot of these BC kids are just, yeah, really impressive indoors and and outdoors, and and some some West kids really did really well at Walton this year, and and even some yeah local Calgary kids are really stepping it up too, like yeah like Dexter and uh, Wyatt Hassel looks like he's mm-hmm. he's really starting to find another gear, and 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 Parker's a, a ripping little fifty kid, uh, Parker Hat, and 
yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know, it's it's really cool, and I really hope we see like a a, a wave of of uh, good talent carry. I, it I think we the will. Waves. I think we will. I think mm-hmm. um, I think the families that are into it right now um, are are into it, and I I hope like I think they will. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think they're pretty dedicated, uh, especially in this area, just because we know them. I think the BC people are too. You know what yeah. I mean? I think the West is. You know, it's good. It's it's fun, and you know. Uh, it, it's good for all the kids you know you want that fast it makes everybody faster mm-hmm. you know what i mean like man like dexter was uh you know his first super mini race there in in the indoors and there's some fast kids like the whole class is fast right mm-hmm. and it's like and he's kind of been used to like not i shouldn't say it's in a bad way but when he races 65s like there's not as much talent no, uh, not talent but it's just it's different i'm not mm-hmm. meaning it in a negative way or trying to you know whatever but when he got to the super mini it's like man like he's banging bars now yeah. you know what i mean like these kids will take them out if they need to take yeah. them out where the 65s it's not like that and it's like and we kind of got a shock as a parent we're like whoa our baby's growing up like it was scary to watch him out there you know what i mean and yeah. and uh like when he went to the line like he was literally like puking i'm like what's your deal man like you know and it was because of super mini class right uh-huh. and uh but then you watch i mean all those kids are fast in that super mini class in the arena cross like you know what i mean like it's no well, right from first to, to ninth, like they're yeah. tenth or whatever, like that's they're a, all that's fast. That's an age where you start, you know, forgetting the fear and starting to want to do better in your progression level, and everybody starts to kind of balance out on their progression. Level, they right? they do start balancing yeah. out, yeah, and uh, and yeah, they start to figure it out. Where like the sixty five, that's what I mean, I'm not slamming anybody or anything, but the sixty five and the fifty stage, you still got kids that are like, you know, up there like elite. And then you got kids that are like it's their second or third race, like yeah. and they're racing yeah. at the same time. And that's you know what I mean. Where they just start getting into dirt bikes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you got a different, like I say, and I, I wasn't meaning it in a, in a yeah, you know, yeah. whatever way. It probably came out bad, but but like you say, when you, and even eighty five, you know, you kind of get a little bit of that. Yeah. But when you get to a super mini, like that was our first time racing super mini, you know, like in a real super mini race, like you know what I mean? It was like it was a it was a little bit of a shock, right? Yeah. And you're seeing you know Dexter up there, and you're like man like like you say these kids are they're banging bars like they'll yeah and they're all fast yeah. Yeah. that's almost the class where like the families really start taking it seriously too like i remember when when i was racing like mini bikes that was my first brand new bike was a, like a, a yeah. big wheel yeah crf yeah. 150 yeah that was i remember at the left bridge arena cross i had to think fix your bike for you if i remember right <laughs> <laughs> but that's like that's like when when people start taking it seriously almost is like yeah is uh is like the 85 class they do take yeah. it serious but it's almost like it it becomes almost a little bit funner too as a parent as i'm growing through it um the parents i think they take it more serious but they take it in a i, I don't know like more mature serious way like they're you're not bickering at each other and like the 50 stage and even the 65 stage it's like there's there's drama behind it. we've always said it 50 parents like it's trust me i've i've lived through it it is it's just a different it's a different and then i think as the kids mature i think the parents are too naturally like we are and now it's like you know you're, you're not bickering over small things or fighting like i, I don't even yeah. know when the last time i've seen a family like in dexter's like an 85 or super mini class yeah. really fighting anymore i guess they mm-hmm. still argue i don't know but it's not as much as like the 50s it was like every yeah. race like every race there was some <laughs> kind of like something was going on right where yeah. 85 it's like you're now it's kind of almost boring as a parent you're like uh, where's yeah. all the drama you know everyone's so a little more chill right you graduated out of elementary <laughs> yeah school. yeah but uh <laughs> no it's it's good though but it, it is fun to watch these kids uh grow up and, and how fast they are for sure 
Oh yeah. Yeah. You're doing good. That's a good one. Yeah. Um. Actually, I wanted to ask a quick question pertaining to uh, Fox a little bit, because mm-hmm. um, I know you're obviously kind of a part of the global thing a little bit to some extent. And so with the Geico team shutting down, and that was a pretty big operation for Fox and Schiff, uh, will that support to that team, will that kind of trickle down to maybe riders that are already supported by Shift, Or is are, are you guys looking through – uh, like for a new team to deal with? You know, that's honestly a question that's beyond me. Like yeah. that's, um, we have a marketing crew in the in the US, like uh, Austin Hoover and stuff that looks after all that. And uh, I, I talk to him every now and then for sure. Um, but I don't really pry the questions. I'm not yeah. a guy who's going to call up and what are we doing next? Yeah. Whatever, because that's the last thing they want to hear, right? He's got enough on his plate. So I don't, I really don't know what our plan is for next year or what they're doing because the, the Geico team is gone. So our shift athletes are, are gone. That was our, our shift guys. Right. Yeah. So where they're moving that into, I, it's, I'm sure they got a game plan. They don't, yeah. I mean, Fox doesn't sleep, right. They, they're always wanting yeah. to, to, to yeah. you know, be ahead of the game. Right. So I guess they're, they're racing in a sense too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Competitive but it, it's tough though, because, uh, it, you know, it's been a tough year for everybody um you know we've gone through a lot too as a company right so uh with the racing it's the the budgets just aren't as as aggressive as they used to be like years ago so we we as a company got to be smart too right and and there's only so much that can you know we can support and go out there so um yeah we'll we'll see what happens i'll I'll probably find out here in the next little while i'm we usually do find out pretty quick here um you know before racing starts or whatever yeah. but but i bet you right now honestly i guarantee that they're not even done right now like i that's the stuff they're doing right now you yeah. know what i mean they'll be figuring out because yeah. everybody's got to get suited in teams too right you know like um we're seeing some of these riders you know like uh christian craig and and martin and stuff getting signed and when you get signed to those you know like to start racing that the clothing kind of goes with it on the most part you know um I was kind of interested to see what was going to happen with Malcolm there, if he could keep yeah. the seven deal. And it looks like he is. Yeah. Um, so it just depends. So we got to figure out, we're kind of last almost because we got to figure out where these riders are going to end up and then kind of go from there. And the, the Geico team was all 250F guys. When you get to the 450s, then it's more like they can pick their brands or a little bit more elite, yeah. right? So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I haven't, I haven't heard to tell you the truth. So I can't, uh, I can't give you any inside gossip because yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> what about uh, Triple Crown? Have you been? I haven't talked to them either. I gotta. I I actually been meaning to reach out. I've been stuck in my own little world here right now, just trying to focus on Fox and trying to um, tidy up. Tidy, yeah. Just it's been a a crazy year with with COVID, and um, we're going through some growing, or not growing pains, just some pains in general with, uh, you know, with product. We're we're low on product, and we're trying to supply the dealers. The dealers are are busier than they've ever been. and uh, like as a distributor we're all in the same boat just we didn't have the product to supply with the the dealers or the demand like no one knew this is going to happen right so we are so focused right now on trying to get our business like i i can't even think of the you know the racing is almost like as much as that's my passion and i love it but it's kind of a almost a secondary right now i haven't even since the series has ended i haven't even like I meant to actually even just reach out to Derek there at GDR to, to BS with him because I haven't talked to him since the series ended. But I haven't talked to anybody about racing since it's ended just because yeah. I've been so focused on the business aspect and, and the dealers are our number one, right? Yeah. So that's just kind of where my mind's been. So I haven't talked to 
to the JetWorks crew and, and what's happening there. Um, they're smart guys. Trust me, they'll mm-hmm. they'll they'll do what they need to do to, to get a game plan going, and yeah. they'll be working on it. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's never good when you hear uh, crazy news like we heard about Rockstar pulling out. But uh, I think, I mean, they've kind of had had their shortcomings uh, over the past few years, but they've always pulled through. So, and it and it's never easy when you have to deal with something like they're dealing with now with uh, with the pandemic. So, and they made it happen this year. So I'm sure one major sponsor pulling out i'm sure they'll figure something out yeah hopefully it opens the door for for somebody else you know what i mean mm-hmm. like usually when something bad happens it, in the long run something good usually comes out of it mm-hmm. but just depends how long that good takes to come right we, we want it now because we you know we don't want to see anything happen right yeah. but uh yeah I, I i hope they get it figured out and i'm sure they will like mm-hmm. i say of, of some some level we'll we got to go racing right but yeah. it's yeah. it is it's tough when you see rockstar doing what they did and and uh you know, if it, you know, for Jetworks, it could be tough for them, and, and hopefully they get it figured out. And then you see like the, the OTSF team, you know, like yeah. that's man, that just that hits home. It hits home. Mm-hmm. Like it's like we only have a few of these big teams like them and and the Cowie team and the you know GDR Honda and KTM right now. One goes like it's not like we have fifteen of them and You're we're down like to fourteen. We're uh, yeah. we're four down to three now, yeah. right? It's not it's not good. And uh, yeah, it was sad to see. I was hoping that they would maybe pull another sponsor out, or I, I don't know the what what happened there. Like exactly if if uh, you know if they just couldn't find another sponsor, why exactly it's you know what happened. But I'm I'm guessing that's what happened. But um, it sucks. It's 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 really sad to see, right? So hopefully, uh, but hopefully it opens up the door for somebody else to you know start another Yamaha team or whatever yeah, it takes. That's and, yeah. that's what we gotta like hope for and and work towards is some somebody else some way somebody else step up yeah you know will it be this year maybe not but maybe next year somebody does and maybe yeah. it's a better program not, maybe not maybe i should have poked uh, a bad program I, I should have poked jason mitchell maybe dean a little harder maybe they maybe it's time for them <laughs> yeah. to come back right yeah you know what yeah. they did when they uh when they ran a team right yeah. so but the thing with jason is he's he's all in if he's in so yeah. I, don't, I think he's past that in his his career yeah <laughs> maybe dean dean's still young can't we go yeah, we better go I'm, give. I'm working on Dean. It. We're coming. We're coming to talk yeah. to you. Uh, him and, <laughs> I'm sure him and Brent could. Brent Carlson could put put something magical together. But yeah, yeah no, it's. Uh, yeah, I hope it. I hope we. Uh, I want to see things turn around and and uh, yeah, and and I'm glad what what JetWorks was what they could do this year. Like, you know, you see a lot of social media and even talking to people. It's like you know, not in the West. Like, there's a lot of complaints. You know what I mean? But I've seen behind the scenes what those guys had to do to, to do what they did. Um, same with Walton, you know what I mean? There's, there's, when you see the tears on the camera, like that's, those are real tears. Like yeah. those guys put their heart and soul yeah. into mm-hmm. to making it happen. Right. And, uh, you know, good for Brett and Mel and, and, uh, like it, it, all of them, all of them. There's a, there's a whole crew like Goldie that they're all behind it, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Thompsons, like they're just, if we didn't have those guys in our sport, um it'd be a world of hurt right now you know mm. what i mean so I'm, I'm just glad that you know even us as fox that we could be a little part of it and try to help them where we can you know there's only so much we can do too but we try to back those guys as much as we can and and it's fun to work with them it's it's good to talk to them and they, those guys yeah like i say it's it's they put a lot into it this year so we better be thankful we got what we got oh, yeah. well and for the circumstances we were given too like racing in canada is hard enough with money uh, there's not a lot of it to go around, and and what does is in a small pool, and then this year even tighten that up even more. 
but you know, I haven't gotten to go to a full series like I did this year, but it was pretty impressive that they still were able to put on a professional racing event every weekend, put it on TV, and uh, it really didn't seem like there was that many hiccups. No. For, for all the things that could have gone wrong. They could have gotten shut down the day before a race because uh, a health guy came by. They could have, you know, but anytime something happened, they either stepped up or they already had a plan in place to... Yeah, even if they had to move it to a different track or, yeah. or yeah, whatever well that, they did. You know? That was like the biggest hiccup and it never skipped a beat. They yeah. called everybody, said, turn around, come back to Sandaly. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, well, they were even, like, I because I was out there at the time, but yeah, they were even like, kind of going to the truck drivers being like you might like just stay hold off because yeah. they usually leave right after on yeah. whatever it's sunday or whatever it's like mm -hmm. just stay put for a bit you know like, yeah, so yeah. you kind of knew something was maybe <laughs> yeah. happening yeah. but they still until they figured it out they didn't really you know yeah they, yeah they like you say they didn't mm -hmm. skip a beat and, yeah. and even this as small as back to this future west you know what i mean even them like honestly you were there the last couple of weeks like I think Lockhart might be a little bit grumpier than what he normally is because he's stressed <laughs> out. But man, they're doing a great job. Like they're yeah, you, you don't feel like this, you know. Like, and it was cold, so I think everybody didn't mind wearing masks. It kind of kept you warmer outside. <laughs> at least it did for me. Yeah, yeah. But you don't even notice it anymore. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of go with the flow, and and you almost forget about what's happening in this world when you're there racing. Like you know what I mean? That's what I like about it. Is it? It just it kind of shuts everything off, and you're there for the passion that you're there for mm -hmm. and future west is they're doing a great job with that arena cross like you're yeah. it's not skipping a beat like it's not you know a lot of time you go into the barn and the lady's like hey he, he turns you around because you're not supposed to be in there and you're like ah, okay so then you yeah. sneak around to the open shop door so you can watch or whatever yeah. but you still get to watch you know yeah. like we still got to see like all the all the action and stuff I, so it's great what they're doing i can't remember what you guys probably talked about it before was the turnout pretty good rider wise for the the yeah, it was. Yeah, like I say, they had shy of just shy of three hundred. Oh yeah. And wow. I think they, I don't want to totally quote me on this, but I thought someone said they're normally around like that two fifty to two seventy. Yeah. So it's actually, no. it was a, it was a good like, awesome. a good turnout. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like there's a ton of people from uh, Alberta too, which is cool. Yeah, there was a lot of Albertans. Yeah, yeah. a lot of new Albertans because we've been going out there for, you know, a few years now, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, Dex loves that indoor stuff, right? So. Um, but new families like that I didn't even know was gonna be there. Like you pull up and you're like, hey, like that's cool that you guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're all in, they're doing it right. And yeah. a couple of little Dexter's buddies that are racing in his class, like, uh, and they're doing good too. Yeah. Like you know, like a couple of them just started racing and they're out there banging bars too. I'm like, man, like it's yeah. it's awesome to watch. Nice. Yeah, like it's really good. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. It's a fun series. Nah, I guess I'll have to go back. I don't know. <laughs> we'll get you there. <laughs> Well, taking things outside of moto for a, a half a second here, I, like, what is some of your favorite things to do not motocross related? Like you talked to the kids snowboarding and stuff. What What do you do to keep for me things fresh? For like for me personally, it's my family. You know, that's you guys will see when you have kids and you know and a wife. That's everything's <laughs> dedicated to them, right? Yeah. Um, but we have fun. I man, I. You know, love my family, of course I do, but um, Dex is a ton of fun. Jack's still, like, she can do anything we do. She's not a mom who, you know, who sits down. at home or whatever, right? Yeah. She can, she's a better snowboarder than me. She's a better water skier than me. Like, she can, yeah. she's good, like, at everything she does too, right? So, um, so it's fun. We have, you know, we're a fun family. Um, yeah. And like I say, we, we try to do whatever we can. If it's, you know, 
Dexter's at Beeline tonight, and we, we don't sit around. Like, our, yeah. our, you know, our house is, it's not too often we're sitting in our house. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. we're go, go, go. So, yeah, snowboarding, Beeline. Um, we find everything we can do, you know. We were at COP not too long ago, carting down the, Oh yeah, you know the cart luges yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know whatever we can find, we're we're always up to something. And when, yeah. when you guys go down to California to train and stuff, or or Texas or wherever you go, um, are you guys pretty much just to the track, home gear, bike? No, to we're totally opposite of that actually, because we're we're lucky enough. Like, so my wife grew up water skiing; she's a very competitive water skier. So we kind of have almost two sides of the the family that people don't see everyone thinks we're just moto but um we have the lake too and we spend a lot of time on the lake and um jackie's parents had a place on a lake down in palm springs and where we used to stay so it was it was a tough it was like a fight every day it's like okay like do we go to the track or do we stay yeah. in water ski right um t- you know tough life i guess but um <laughs> so we timed the time the weather and see what it is as dexter got older it was harder because he was always wanting to be at the track now yeah. Um, unless it was really hot out and nice out, but, uh, yeah, no, we, we, in California, it was like kind of half and half, you know, and at Christmas time, it was all moto. Like it was, cause it was, mm-hmm. you could still water ski, but it wasn't like, you, you did it just to say you, you water skied on Christmas day. I always skied water ski, like on Christmas just to say I did it. Yeah. It was damn cold. Like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't fun at all. Right. <laughs> so when we do our Christmas break down there, um, it was full moto, but when we go, Typically, we'd go this time of the year, like Rigi down there right about now. I think, yeah. like Dexter raced Vegas, I think it's about almost a year ago now, right? Uh, yeah. um, that this time of the year, it's like mostly water skiing because it's like it's the nicest time usually. The wind's usually calm and it's like plus 35. It's perfect, right? So, yeah, we try to we try to do a little bit of both when we went oh. to California for sure. Oh. Yeah. And we do at home here too. Like it's that's one thing that's hard. It's getting harder and harder because Dexter keeps taking Walton more and more serious too right oh, but yeah. it's like it's cutting right into our like that's like the prime time, the prime oh, yeah. time for lake time is when he thinks he should be training for walton so it's like it's getting tough and but that's uh, all good yeah, well, it's cool that he's focused on on the racing aspect at least a lot of kids would want to be out water skiing and doing all the other stuff oh uh, he ra- still he still does don't get me wrong <laughs> he's he quickly gets his motors done so he can get back to the to the right. lake that yeah. kid lives in the water trust me oh, yeah good. But he's he's full of energy. I don't know where he yeah, the kid doesn't stop. He, yeah, he'll he, he stretches out a day, that's for sure. Cool. Yeah. Well right. Well this has been a good one. It's a good one, yeah. 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 JC knows how to talk, that's for sure. Ugh, perfect. Probably talking too much. No, it's good. <laughs> yeah. well. Anything you learned from the twenty twenty just with this whole COVID pandemic yep. and the whole thing? I learned not to do it again. <laughs> I can't do it again. It's, uh, yeah, it's, and everybody's in the same. That's the way I look at it is it's not me. It's not like my life's bad. Trust me, my life is great. Everybody's in the same boat, but there's there's no playbook for what happened this year. And it's like, it makes us stronger. That's the way I look at it is we all, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I learned a lot, like more than I ever need to learn. Cause, yeah. But it's things that, things you learn is things you don't ever want to happen again but i yeah. guess if it does we're you're somewhat prepared i guess yeah um we made some like you know with with work it was some tough decisions we had to do like and and wasn't even me but fox as a company had to make some big changes and, and a lot of these a lot of dealerships a lot of all the distributors like it's just it was 
for a couple months there, it was like dealers were closed. Like it was like literally the light switch shut off. Yeah. Right. And it was like the worst thing we could ever go through. And then the only real upside is when it turned back on, it, it turned way back on. Yeah. So it'd be way worse if our industry was still like it was in April, then it we could be sitting here being a lot worse. You know what I mean? So I take the positives out of everything. I think we were just talking about it before this started. I'm not a, a news guy or a, you know, I try to, I, I don't like negativity in my life. So I, I don't like watching the news. I don't like stressing about this COVID. I kind of live my own bubble in a good way or a bad way. But uh, it's, you know, everybody's got to be safe out there. But we got to, we also got to live our life. Yeah. And and that's what I'm learning right now is it's like, you know, you, you only live once. Um, yeah. And, and if, I guess if COVID's going to take me down, if, if that's what it is, that's what it is. Like, yeah. I don't know. You know, it could yeah. be an accident on our, you know, driving home. Oh. Like, we don't know. Right. Yeah. So I'm not a guy who who gets worried about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I still try to live what I can, and, and I think most people are. Yeah. But, um, so personally, I've I've just learned to live life. You know what I mean? And, and try to enjoy every minute I got. Um, work we've learned a lot. You know that's a whole other whole other thing. But it's it's made our company strong. Uh, the the team we have is like unbelievably, like it, it made us close because we had to we had to come close, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's been fun that way, uh, you know, really getting to, and doing it different. Like, I, I don't know exactly for you guys if it's changed much, but like my life went from going every day to the office, you know, to my office and we have a team of about 20, right? And you're with the same group, 20, and you say hi, you have your morning coffee. Like you, you everybody gets into a life routine, right? Mm -hmm. Now I sit in front of a Zoom call, like, you know, 24 seven, right? Like, yeah. it's like, I don't know how many Zoom calls we get in a day, right? Like it's. It's just, it's different. Um, but again, starting to get used to it and, and you just mm -hmm. take it for what it is. And Have you guys had to do it. any layoffs at? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. 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 Everybody yeah. has. It's, it's yeah. not, not anybody's fault. It's just the way it was. No. And that's, that's the good and bad about it is, is the, I guess the good about it is it's nobody's fault, but the bad thing about it is it's, you almost wish it was somebody's fault. That's right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because you if you're if you're a shitty worker, then I don't mind out the door. Out the door. Like it's yeah. it's cool. The hard thing was is we had to lay off like good like good people. like literally like one some of the best employees yeah. there is, right? Yeah. But it's just it, it was the it it's the departments like of what you need to focus on, and we had to narrow down like what's important for our business right now. And some of the departments weren't, and it wasn't the people; it was more the department. And some good people got hurt, or, yeah. or you know, got laid off, which which hurts everybody, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but it's it, it's hard on them, but it's hard as us too. Like even though I'm still working, it's man, I miss those people. Every like it yeah. made everything a lot harder, right? Sure. But yeah. but it makes you stronger, and I've learned a lot. You know, this last year I've learned the most I've ever learned in a. You know, I've been doing this for. I don't know, whatever, 25 years, I guess I've been in this industry or something, right? Yeah. Well, maybe even longer. I don't want to age myself here. <laughs> but um, I've learned more this year than I ever have, So, yeah. which yeah. which is cool. I always like to learn. So I think everyone has. Yeah. I think, like, most people have learned that they've, they've got to see the good in things, right? Like, if you just look at the news and you see all the COVID cases and the COVID deaths and, like, the Trump and Biden thing and everyone's going to die or whatever, it's like <laughs> – well, oh, that's what like that's what the news makes yeah, it like, true. right? Like, oh, the yeah. world's gonna end if either of them get voted in, right? You just have to look at the good, yeah. And you like if you just listen to that and you get into this like cynical mindset, it trickles down to everything in your life, right? Yeah. You kind of start, you know, 
seeing the worst in people and you start reading things the wrong way and you just have to look at the good. 100%. Yeah. I'm I'm with you all the way. Like I say, it's and there's a lot in this world that, you know what I mean? Like I just lost my dad to cancer. Like why aren't we talking about that every day? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like trust right. me, we lose a lot more and I, and I know it's a pandemic and we got to you know, we, we it, that's what's going on right now. Yeah. But there's also a lot of other things happening yeah, in this world, you know, like, on, yeah, and it's just, you know, even we're not seeing it in Canada. Thank goodness. Is, yeah, I don't think we're seeing it in Canada. I don't see as much. But, you know, with all the, the riots and stuff going on in the States, like that's a whole nother like it's just like, yeah, it's it's crazy times right now. Right. And we're yeah. just lucky we got dirt bikes to have our outlet. <laughs> yeah, because that's honestly, that's what makes me happy. Like, yeah. you know, I can't wait to go back to Chilliwack next year, even though I'm not. Okay. A racer anymore actually I'm, i might race yeah yeah i might <laughs> nice, you should. yeah i know i've been thinking Flat about that master like, oh, I, I don't know maybe plus 40 i don't know <laughs> hoyer and uh lockhart they uh those two are fast i got a sandbag <laughs> maybe maybe see if they'll let me go in the 50 60 class <laughs> yeah. There you go. um but yeah but even as a as a dad that's my that's what i look forward to do you know what i mean like that's that's just my life and i think we're all the same way we're all we're all racers and um, when I wake up in the morning, it's like, okay, I got work. I love work. I do what I do, but really it's like, I'm looking forward to like, okay, we're going racing next weekend or, or when's the supercross series start. You know, when I seen that yesterday, I'm like, when can I sit yeah. on my Saturday nights yeah. or now Tuesday nights? Right. And watch my, like, that's what we, that's what gives us drive in life. You know what I mean? Yep. And, uh, so I'm always looking forward to that. I'm always looking forward to, to Chilliwack next weekend and, and oh. looking for the, looking for the positives and everything. And, and that's our outlet, you know, that's why we love dirt bikes, I think so much. And I think if other families, if not to get back into what we're talking about, but if families seen that and how much it is, like that's what keeps us, mm. that's what makes us yeah. like this sport so it good. It is yeah. a huge family sport. Like, yeah, really oh, that's, like... I tell that every, all the time I have people ask me like, man, like how do you, like anybody outside the industry, they watch, you know, a, Jackie's Facebook or or whatever or follow Dexter on Instagram. It's like, you guys like how do you let your kid do this? Like really like are you guys like, like how do you do it? And they don't get it. Like they they don't get it. Mm -hmm. But I try to explain to them like, I've like this year was a little bit tough year because of the COVID. But last year we spent five weekends in our house at home. Yeah. Five weekends. The rest of the time was in our motor home at a race somewhere. And I said to them, like, when's the last time you spent every weekend with your family? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, totally. like really? Like, mm -hmm. what? And, and that's what I love about it. Like, we drove the Walton this year and, you know, like, 40-some hours in a in a motorhome, right? But it's like, that's going to be the memories. Like, I guarantee you, Dexter. Oh, yeah. It's memories I have, I know. Yeah. But Dexter's going to remember. Like, the kid doesn't sleep. So he knows, like, he can tell you every city, every province. He can tell you the lakes we stopped yeah. at and but that's the good times you have, right? Yeah. And uh, that's what I love about this sport is it's 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 not just the racing. It's like he can't wait to get to Walton to see his Eastern buddies, right? He's got like some really close friends over there that he races against, and he gets to see them once a year. Like that's, that's cool. That's why he likes to go to Walton, right? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what's cool about this sport. And and we we're just talking about this too, not to get off on something else, but it's funny because you travel all over the states to different races, and we can go to a race that we've never been to. And all of a sudden you see Dexter like talking to a kid and they're like, they're all of a sudden they're like best friends, right? They're like, you know, oh, you know, you met a new buddy. No, no, that's Max or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, how do you know Max? Oh, he's from Instagram. <laughs> like they're, they're like friends before yeah. they're even, they've uh, even met each other. Yeah. But because they follow each other, they, 
you know, mm-hmm. they know, exa- they know everything about each other. And yeah. it's like, as soon as they meet each other, it's like, they're, they're there. And it's like, wh- wh- where do you get that? You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool to watch. Like, yeah. there's not a place that we go to where, where Dexter doesn't have friends within minutes that he's going to hang That's out cool. with. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's my favorite part of the sport there is is the family sense of it, uh, the friendships you gain out of it, even with, you know, like you gain the most unlikely friends out of it just because you have that, uh, I guess it's just that thing in common, motocross, right? Or, yeah. Or whatever. And it, and it doesn't stop. Like even for you guys, like, I, you know, because I'm going through all the, the stages of life. I don't know what my next stage is, but, um, have you, hit you know, as a kid, yeah, yeah, I am. Nice. Yeah, hard. Yeah. Oh, right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> on this podcast, I need a hip replacement, Keelan. I'm like, shit's going downhill fast for me. Um, no, but you you see the kids that are they hang out right now. You see like your era. You know what I mean? Where you guys are still close friends, and you guys will always be close friends. Like I still yeah. talk to Bart all the time. I still, yeah. you know, like you 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 still stay friends with your moto buddies forever right you know like you know we talk like brad hat you know i grew up racing with him and now he's a dad who's got a kid you know what i mean like man we were good friends when we were racing at 17 18 now it's cool that we're doing as as dads you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like so it doesn't matter what age you're at like our our close friends that we talk to all the time like they're still they're our moto friends you know what i mean like our like even for jackie and i our our friends like when we have a party it's 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 moto friends most like 90 percent of them right you know what i mean like that's So it doesn't ever leave you, you know yeah. what I mean? It's it's as right. you know, long as, like I say, we're fortunate enough that we have a son that got back into the sport or whatever. I don't know if yeah. you know if I wasn't in it, but yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely cool that way. Like it's uh, you guys will always be friends for the rest of your life because of this sport right. for sure. Yeah, doesn't matter what you do. All of my friends are moto friends. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah. all my friends are moto friends. Like everyone I still stay in contact with is I've met through moto. Yeah, it's like it builds this strong sense of community that. I don't know. It's like nothing, like nothing else, really. Like nothing else, and well, we're a different nature too. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like when Dexter goes to school, like trust me, I gu- I guarantee he's the odd one out. Like for sure he is. <laughs> yeah, you know what I, I mean. Like like I, I've when never I been to his too. class, so I don't know, but I'm sure he's probably the odd one out. You know what I mean? Because they yeah. probably just look at him like you are an absolute retard, right? <laughs> yeah. But, well, it's hard too when you like you leave school for you go down to california you go racing and you come back and everyone's like where'd you go and you're like oh do you want to tell them about this motocross thing you did and then you're like no one understands it right mm-hmm. yeah it was cool last year dexter had a teacher that um her husband used to race dirt bikes oh yeah yeah so it was like one of the teachers that actually like that got it you know what i mean yeah. and, and and she would like literally email us like in california like when we're doing homework and before even homework started she's like how'd you do how'd you do like oh, she was like nice. She was into it, you know what I mean? And she then she'd tell the class, like, how Dexter's doing down there, right? But that was one teacher that we've had in seven years. The rest are like, yeah, (laughs) no idea. They're okay with it, like, they get it, but it's like, you got to explain, like, you know, why because they just look at you like, what do you, but I think they start to get it when they figure out, like, who he is and, yeah, you know, what he, how much passion that a kid has for whatever sport it is, if it's Mm. hockey or whatever, right? you talked about how he doesn't doesn't sleep on those road trips out east, right? Well, he's learning a lot as oh yeah as he's not sleeping, right? Like he might not be in school, but he's still learning stuff. He, and... he could tell you, like he could tell you every state we drive through yeah. to California. He could like yeah, like the mindset he's got from from just doing road trips. It's yeah. oh yeah, like he even uh, time zone change. Yeah, there's a lot of kids who 
no comprehension of a time yeah. zone change. You tell them, you know, Toronto's two hours different. What? Well, how's that? Why? I don't understand. You know, then you drive 40 hours and you realize, okay, here's why. Yeah. Because <laughs> the sun will set if we don't. It gives yeah. you a whole new perspective on the whole world because yeah. you get to see so much of it, right? Yeah. And I, that's one thing I, I again, back to if, if, what, what, like, I hope to get whatever, like, I think you're asking, like, you know, what get out of this industry or get out of this sport or whatever but is is that's what's cool too is the travel like i hope i uh you know i and i don't keep meaning to go back to dexter but i'm using that as an example because my kid or whatever but i hope he gets like the opportunity to go do these like some of these races in europe and yeah. you know like yeah. like that yeah, like how cool like just that alone like i know like talking to dylan right there when you know he got to go over and do a couple of those super crosses right and man like he uh, He's like, I want to go back in a minute. Like, yeah. and it's stuff that, like, that's what's cool. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. giving you the opportunity to be traveling around the world and stuff like yeah. that, doing things. Like, yeah. that's why, like, Zach Osborne and those guys who, who got to do the GPs, like, man, I look at him, like, he, I think he's had a wicked career. And then oh, finishing yeah. it off the way he's, I, well, he's, I don't even know when he's done, but he's, he's got to be getting somewhat close to the end of his career. But mm-hmm. to, to take a racer, like, he's a guy that I would have loved to. I'd love to be what he did. Yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? That's like the, I know that's a dream, a, a total yeah. dream. I know a lot of people would be like, "No way, I want to be like 21 and winning championships or whatever." And he's at what 30, I think, or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and finally 30, won a championship. Yeah. But if you follow his life story of like traveling the GPs, traveling the like that guy's seen yeah. everything, man. Oh, yeah. like, that builds character. I guarantee. I bet you he could tell write a good book. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that's. I, I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, even Dean, like, you know, because we're all close to Dean or whatever, right? But, I mean, that the world that guy's seen, too, you know, coming from Scotland into here and then, you know, down the States and then yeah. all the travel he does with everything, with all yeah. the MX, you know, the nations and stuff like that. And it's cool. Now he's getting married in a week and Man. growing up. Yeah. That's kind of sad. He was, we were just talking about it. He was, he was in our wedding, like, him and his sister were doing our, uh, like signing people in when you walk in and stuff, oh, right? Yeah. Now yeah. he's getting married here in a couple of weeks, so that's how old I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's fun to watch. Yeah. That's it. Well, I got nothing else. Well, that's been good. That's no. a good one. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. No, no, like no editing like you said there was going to be. Yeah. What's that, sorry? No editing like you said there was going to be. Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Eh? No editing. I'm it. putting her up no. as is. We were yeah. live the whole my, time. My, oh, it's my good. first uh, first podcast. I can tell you yeah. that. It's there fun. It's a lot yeah. funner than you think. Yeah, you know what? I it, it has been fun. It's good to listen to everybody and, yeah. and let me speak or whatever. But um, it's the same thing when we do, you know, like whatever. You go to places and you do different speeches or whatever you do. It's like, it's fun. You're kind of like trying to think. Like on the way here, I'm like, I wonder how this is going to go. But it's like anything. As soon as you start talking in a mic, it just comes it out just, it just comes out so like it's been fun track you kind of just focus in and, and you know what to do right? <laughs> yeah it, it, no it's good oh what gear am i gonna hit that jump in oh can i hit uh, no idea what gear you you're in there, you do no it. idea yeah. yeah no i don't know what gear yeah, yeah. I, I love it when new riders ask you that yeah what yeah. gear do you hit that in <laughs> i don't know I used to shift down to first gear in every turn just to know what gear i'm in before i hit the jump <laughs> <laughs> when i was on 60s yeah that was me yeah the days of counting gears yeah now well now you know especially bikes like keelan's factory 450 there you just leave it in one gear and go i bet you didn't even make a shift he only has one gear yeah 
Although I gotta give him credit though, he's pulling out a quad this week that nobody was. Oh. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, I seen that. It looked cool. It was. It was big. Yeah, well, I was kind of bummed out that nobody could get that triple into the rhythm, and I don't know, want to do something cool. So yeah, no, it was. As I was uh, actually, I got you probably don't even know it, but I got it on camera because it was the first day you hit. It. Everyone thought it was the second day you started hitting it. Oh, really? But it's the first day. It was like I think it was in one of your last qualifiers or something. But yeah. I was uh, I just happened to be recording and. And as he went around, he hit it. I'm like, did I just see that right? And I had to go back to my phone and <laughs> and watch to see if he actually caught it. Because you know when you're yeah. you're recording and you're yeah. watching yeah. at the same time, you're not like you gotta pause it one, two, yeah. three. That's four. Yeah, that was four. Yeah, and I think I think you only did it like once or twice that race. And then the main event came and you pulled it out like well, the first night you pulled out about half of the race. Yeah. Was that in the East up. Barn area, like the the far side of the yeah. barn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I see. Yeah, that. not the main barn or whatever. But, yeah, but yeah no, the tracks been. Uh, it was a little better the second weekend, so I mean, hopefully they step it up for for the the next two weekends. Yeah, I think they will. I think that you know, talking to Beat, I was helping him groom the track a bit there. Um, he just he didn't have a cat the first weekend, right? Oh yeah, that was right. Cause I yeah. remember I showed up to the track, uh, I think late Friday or no late Thursday night for Friday practice, and I just. All the lights were off inside the barn, but I wanted to take a peek in and, and see if I could see uh, see some of the track at all. And, and I was like, I don't even think it's built yet. Like, I looking through the window, I didn't so. see. Yeah, everything was so <laughs> low. I like it didn't even seem like the track was built. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, just the way. It, but it, now he's got a cat in there or whatever. But yeah. that's what happened the first weekend. And I think they're trying to make it pretty safe too so they're not mm -hmm. carting people out of there or whatever yeah. it actually they, they did a good job that way because yeah. not too many people yeah. got hurt and it was yeah. smart like what they did you know as a racer of course we want a more technical track and it's yeah. funner and whatever but what they did was 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 smart but the second yeah. weekend looked fun that's what like yeah. that's why i want to race next weekend because i'm sitting there watching i'm like man it, yeah. it looked fun like it looked yeah. like a fun track right? yeah no it was pretty good yeah. they always do a good job like mm -hmm. i've yeah. never heard anyone say anything bad about the future west series like never i've only done a couple of races but Every time, it's been awesome. No, it's been good. Yeah. It beats does such a good job. Um, and it's the perfect tracks, perfect like perfect facility. facility. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a mixture of everything. Like it, the Kyle's always built the track in there for just you know for quite a few years or whatever. So he does an awesome job. The dirt's good. You know, mm -hmm. like got slippery there a little bit the first. Oh yeah. But yeah. it's still all in all, it's well it's, just that one day because it was like pretty windy and all the windows yeah, or there's nothing uh, doors you, were open and everything was just. There's nothing out. you can do. And he like I was talking to Kyle, he soaked the track. Like he said, it was like literally a lake the night before, and it just dried yeah. out that fast, right? But it's good dirt, good facility, good track, and then you got to give Future West credit. They got good staff in there. You know, like mm -hmm. Lockhart's mm -hmm. on it. He's like, man, like you know how he is with racing. He's He's even more yeah. when it comes to running that place. Like it's like, yeah, he's giving me trouble because I was taking too long grooming a grooming the track between, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. and he's first moto, so of course he's sitting on the start line yelling yeah. at Beats and I to get <laughs> off, right? But uh, it, you know, him and and on all the girls, you know, working that, like they're just they're on it, they're mm -hmm. on it. Like even Christine Gibbs sitting on the start line, like it's, like oh yeah, she yeah. Is. you know. But she as much as oh she's awesome <laughs> though but she's but you don't mess around yeah. you know what i mean yeah. don't come up to the gate early or like yeah. you're gonna hear it right but that's what you need and mm -hmm. uh they're they're yeah it's it's been an awesome couple of weeks mm -hmm. they're doing a good job for sure yeah cool great yeah. it's our one year anniversary podcast is it it is you guys one well year. it's on one go. year hey eh? well congrats you guys <laughs> one year of 
troubles? Not much. Yeah. Twelve episodes. Troubles. Thirteen episodes or yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully this one doesn't flunk you guys down uh, the. No, it's gonna be good. <laughs> We're gonna try and ramp things up a little bit, but. Yeah. Yeah. Try some new things. Yeah, we were. You know, I don't want to get into too much, but. Keely and I were talking about that, and you guys got some good ideas happening, so we'll, yeah. We'll yeah. improve. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's we'll good for you. We've come a long way, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like They're fun. Yeah. And you know what? And and listening to you guys, or I, I look forward to, you know, I was, I was asking about Cody there. I, I was asking one of you guys, I'm like, how was Cody's? Because I knew mm. you guys were doing one with Cody Matichuk, yeah. and it's like, oh, we're doing it next week or whatever. Because I was like, I was looking forward to that one, you know? Cause, yeah. uh, but I'm like, why haven't I? And I was even thinking about it today. I'm like, why haven't I watched or listen to Cody's yet, yeah, right? Yeah. And then now it makes sense. Yes, yeah. yeah. I knew next I knew week. it was coming, right? Coming next week, Cody. Yeah, yeah that'll be a yeah. fun one. He's yeah, uh, he'll be good. He's got some stories for you for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I know it's it's list great listening to you guys, and I hope it, it keeps growing and yeah. and and podcasts are growing, right? It's yeah. uh, you know you don't even listen to music really anymore when you drive to a race now. It's yeah, yeah you listen to podcasts. That's you, right. you put music on to get a little break from the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <right>? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it's yeah. good for you guys, and it's. Uh, Congrats on the one year, and I'm glad you guys did it. You know, like yeah. all three, of you, it's hats off to you guys for. It takes a lot to do it. It's not. Yeah, no, it's well. When we, it's funny because we were talking about it not all that long ago. When like, when we first had the idea, I thought it'd be pretty simple. Just like, yeah, we'll get a couple mics and whatever, see how it goes. And now it's like turned into a full operation. Oh yeah, and, and a and yeah. a moving operation. I was yeah. watching there in Walton oh. and setting up things. <laughs> oh yeah, the mobile operation. Yeah. We got to simplify things a little bit, I yeah, think. Yeah, we got to figure it out a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 what I love there. about the best of it is, uh, is you, Jared, because it's like you're the last person I think that would you know, it, unless you get a couple of drinks in you, then it's well, like, that's, well, that's, yeah. that's kind of why I wanted to do it. Right. Cause everyone yeah. like has this image of me as being this like quiet, shy guy. But like when I'm at the races, I'm like, I'm kind of like all business. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, you just got your day to day. Like, yeah. Like I work a full time job, yeah, right? Like I'm, I'm kind of like, don't have much energy to go and socialize all the time. So it's kind of like, this is a nice outlet for me. I don't feel like Instagram or whatever. I don't have Facebook, but, I don't feel like social media is a great outlet for me to like express myself. So yep. this is like a I great agree. way to like kind of get my thoughts across and stuff. No, I, I think it's awesome for you. And I think it's, uh, yeah, it's funny because people say that. It's like, oh, Jared's so, and like, you ask us, it's like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think at, we were at one of the races or whatever after and you had a couple of drinks and you let loose and you're talking to some of the parents, right? And they're like, it's like Jared was, he wouldn't stop talking. He's yeah. awesome to listen to or whatever. Like that's the way Jared always is. They're like, yeah. oh, he never talks. We're like, yeah, but we know you in a different way. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah I kind of got frustrated with that kind of people putting that image on me because I don't know. It's it's hard to. I feel like it's hard to express yourself in a like. I feel like if I don't have something to say, I'm not gonna say it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like when you're making small talk, it's kind of hard to just get your thoughts across. So, not uh, good for you. No, I think it's great. Yeah. Well, wrap her up. Yeah. Thanks again, yeah, JC. Thanks, yeah, JC, thank for coming you guys. Yeah. Yeah, good insight we'll, uh, there. We'll good be times. back next week. Yeah, next week? Uh, we'll uh, be back next week with Cody Manchuk. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. Oh. We'll see who's more entertaining. Oh, I thought you had some good insight <laughs> here. I, I was entertained. Pressure, pressure's on. That Cody. was good, yeah. <laughs> no, good. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you.